Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. African Americans account for a disproportionate share of COVID-19 cases across North Carolina. The question is why? Ophelia Garman-Brown is an executive with Winston-Salem-based Novant Health. We've joked about this in the African American community for years. We say, when white America gets a cold, we get pneumonia. But COVID-19 is no joke, and there are actually lots of reasons. Experts say it's another sign of how the COVID-19 crisis puts a spotlight on underlying socioeconomic and public health problems. WFAE's David Borax has this report. Statewide, 37% of COVID-19 cases are African Americans, though African Americans are only about 22% of the population. In Mecklenburg County, Almost 45% of the cases are among African Americans who account for about only a third of the population. We're seeing more cases in our 60 plus population in our black community. And we believe part of that is because our African Americans, especially our older African Americans in this community, are three times more likely to have chronic diseases, which puts them at risk for more severe complications from COVID-19. That's Mecklenburg County Health Director Gibby Harris speaking to state lawmakers last Thursday. Harris initially had been saying the spread of the coronavirus was similar to the county's overall demographics. But over the past several weeks, the African-American percentage of overall cases has continued to rise in Mecklenburg from 35 percent to 41 percent and now to 44 percent as of Friday, increasingly out of sync with population figures. The numbers come as no surprise to health experts. A decade ago, black people were most susceptible to complications from H1N1, or swine flu. Over four months in 2009, 35% of people hospitalized with swine flu in 13 metropolitan areas were black, but black people were only 16% of the population. We have the same problem we had before COVID-19. I mean, one of the things I think we were very clear about in the task force report is we have a tale of two cities. And I think when we're in a crisis situation, we see that lived out even more critically than before. That's Dr. Ophelia Garman-Brown, a Novant Health executive who co-chaired the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Opportunity Task Force four years ago. She says there are a lot of factors that put black people at higher risk. More people with underlying illnesses, lower rates of insurance coverage, and inadequate access to health care. Garmin Brown also says lower-income African Americans are often essential workers, least able to practice social distancing. Many work in restaurants or other low-wage jobs that you can't do at home, and many ride public transit, she says. There may be another reason why black people are overrepresented. Because of existing health issues, some may be more likely to be tested for COVID-19 symptoms, County Health Director Gibby Harris said in a news conference Friday. It makes sense that they would be um, individuals who are more affected by the the serious complications of this disease and are more likely to be tested. We don't think that it has anything to do with increased susceptibility at this point. All this means that authorities need to pay extra attention to the trend, says Tanya Blackman, Novant's chief diversity, inclusion, and equity officer. We need to focus on as an organization and as a community diversity inclusion now more than ever because it's about people on the margins who are isolated. They want to make sure that everyone has access to care. 
Mecklenburg County is taking some steps. Harris said Friday the health department plans to work with African-American churches to raise awareness about social distancing and the dangers of COVID-19. We're in the process of developing some materials that we'll be getting out through our African-American churches as well as other churches that interact with the elderly to make sure that that message is getting to them about what they need to do to take care of themselves. The question is whether that education will be enough. For WFAE News, I'm David Borax. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Thursday, April 9, 2020. So I have been told this is our book club. Wow. The so-called coronavirus changed lots of things uh, over the past month. Uh, redirected where we were going with the book club we were going to read the American problem the nigra was referenced in our last book packing them in uh, thought it's always great to check out what white people think about the nigras however in the midst of the so-called COVID-19 situation and increasing reports worldwide not just in the states with relation to black people but worldwide uh, there have been growing reports saying oh wow it looks like obesity diet related illnesses are a cofactor with all of this about the Chinese virus and if you are high blood pressure diabetes obesity you're suffering from any of these maladies could have some serious even fatal complications with the Chinese virus Again, those are the reports increasingly worldwide, not just as it relates to black people in the states. That being said, I thought it would behoove us, even if this wasn't happening, it would still behoove us uh, to read and be more informed about our diet and trying to do the best that we can to eat well uh, so that we have the strength and vitality to replace white supremacy with justice. In addition, uh, the author of the book that we are now going to read just transitioned uh, last month uh, I do not have any information that that was related in any way uh, directly indirectly to the so-called coronavirus people you know die from lots of things uh, but Dr. Layla O. Africa renowned nutritionist addictionologist author uh, natural healer left a tremendous body of work you can check out uh, his website and look at the numerous books uh, that he has authored many of them about health and racism uh, he's been a guest on many programs including ours in 2011 lots of YouTube content just left a lot of information for us to explore and appreciate we will be reading starting today uh, one of his most popular uh, texts most important texts the nutritional destruction of black people also titled as nutricide uh, it's got a few different edits so depending on which version of the text you have might be a slight difference here or there but the general information is the same uh, one of our cows listeners uh, will be helping out and doing the reading uh, I'm getting my copy of the book we'll have it in hand next week uh, but thought it was uh, urgent Dr. Lathan said that yesterday when she was with us uh, to go ahead and get serious about diet uh, and this book has a lot of information. Racism, 
diet, things black people should do and should not do to try as best we can to preserve our health uh, so that we will be able have the strength, vitality and energy to solve the problem immediately. With that, we will go ahead and get started. Context of white supremacy. This is Dr. Layla O. Africa, the nutritional destruction of black people, Nutricide. Audio segment number one. Nutricide, the nutritional destruction of black people. Dedication. This book is dedicated to my sisters Paula, Carolyn, deceased, Beatrice, deceased, Patricia and Kathleen, and my brothers William and Richard. They loved me and cared for me. My father also provided for me with additional sisters, Terry, Donna, April, and Letitia, and a brother, Cecil, deceased, who I was not raised with and never got to know. God has allowed us a life together. This book is especially dedicated to my oldest sister, Paula Ann Brown. She spent countless hours discussing our race, politics, racism, and revolutionary movements with me. My mother calls her blacker than black. She always saw something in me that I could not see in myself. One day after I finished a lecture, she turned to me with tears in her eyes and the biggest smile. She said, my Layla, my brother, my prince. She then gave me a big hug that felt like a reward. It was then that I realized my mission in life. I love myself some Paula Ann because she is my big sister. Her African name is Amatula. She says that you have to be deep into African culture to use an African name. I must be truthful to you about my sister Paula. I didn't like her too much when I was a little boy because she would spank me for doing bad things. Paula told me that I did not talk until I was almost three years old. My mother would get angry with me and scream, boy, why don't you say something? Paula would tell mama, leave him alone. Maybe he don't feel as if there is anything important to talk about right now. I love Paula and all my sister and brothers with a spirit that could shake the world. Chapter 1. Nutricide If a person, Caucasian, would send another African into bondage, slavery, he would, it appears to me, be bad enough to sell him to hell if he could. Harriet Tubman First chapter, page 19 The nutritional genocide of African people, which is called nutricide, is a reality that must be faced by Africans. Nutricide is the deliberate and systematic alteration of foods in order to cause physical and mental diseases, genetic mutations, and or death. 
African children are deprived of vital nutrients, which cause attention span disorders, learning problems, behavior disorders, and hyperactivity. It is typical to find a zinc deficiency in boys and iron deficiency in girls. Iron deficiencies in boys are ignored. African boys in Philadelphia public schools were having conduct problems, disruptive behaviors, restlessness, irritability, and learning problems. They were found to have an iron deficiency. Iron is the nutrient needed by the left hemisphere of the brain, the part of the brain that's used for cognitive skills, as in the area of the brain that manages reason and logic. This is the region needed to do well on standardized tests. When an African girl or boy has an iron deficiency, he or she perceives information differently and does not respond well. African children fed on Caucasian junk food and cooked foods, aside from having an iron deficiency, also have a deficiency in a vitamin called thiamine. Thiamine deficiency causes the child to be sensitive to criticism and to have poor impulse control, to be easy to anger, aggressive, hostile, depressed, and have headaches and or sleep disturbances. Cited the Institute for Biosocial Research, Tacoma, Washington. Page 20. The child's mind and behavior is destroyed by MSG, which is monosodium glutamate, found in fried foods, fats, and Chinese foods. MSG can cause heart problems, brain and nerve damage, infertility, bone damage, etc. Added to this, aspartame, i.e. NutraSweet, can cause brain tumors, seizures, constipation, tiredness, and cloning in children and adults. The public schools, also um, listed as educational plantations, books, Caucasian media, promote junk food, cooked food, and a high white sugar diet. The American Academy for Pediatrics reports that the average child spends more hours watching television than he spends in school. The child eats a sweet snack for every two hours of television viewing. The African-American child watches more television and eats more sweets than the Caucasian. Children, usually in poverty, so-called minority children, African-American, eat more junk food, fast food, sodas, and snack foods than poor Caucasian children. The majority of African children and 22% of Caucasian children do not eat breakfast. They usually eat snack, junk foods. Cited Citizen Pupacy Center in Oakland, California. Junk foods are nutrient deficient and addictive and do not have natural B-complex vitamins, B6, and niacin. Folic acid, riboflavin, iron, potassium, chromium, vitamin C, beta-carotene, phenylene, lysine, glutamic acid, and the nutrients that the brain needs to function. The junk food business is deliberately processing out nutrition nutrients and not giving the child the vitamins, minerals, trace elements, fiber, and amino acids that they need. 
they are deliberately placing the child in a nutricide status. This is done deliberately because milling or processing grains such as brown rice, corn, whole flour, and sugarcane increases its shelf life, which increases the Caucasian's profit. Shelf life is the ability of a food to stay on the store's shelf without spoiling. Processed foods have become manure in the stomach and colon and have a long shelf life, while whole foods do not. The whole foods, whole wheat, brown rice, yellow grits, etc., have plenty of vitamins, minerals, proteins, and fibers, spoil very easily, and have a short shelf life. Selling natural foods would decrease the Caucasian's business profit. Consequently, the African child is mutilated and sacrificed for Caucasian business profits, which are used to support white supremacy. Cited a book such as Psychonutrition by Carlton Federicks. Children's brains also suffer from allergic reaction from junk foods. They cause learning and behavioral problems. There are various types of plants processed and refined to make white sugar such as beets, corn, and sugarcane. Any one of these processed sugars can cause a reaction in the brain. However, the truth and labeling laws protects companies. A company only has to report an ingredient such as sugar and not the systematic chemicals added to that ingredient. For example, common table salt contains close to 32 synthetic chemical ingredients in it that the original wholesale manufacturer put on his label when sold to the second manufacturers. However, the second company only has to put on the retail label that the ingredient is salt. The Caucasian junk food companies with the government help are able to practice nutricide and to put harmful synthetic chemicals in the food that destroys the human body. Children are mentally, nutritionally, and physically abused by such government institutions as the National Institute of Health, Genetic Factors, and Crime. They label them genetically violent and use chemicals to alter the brain and drugs to genetically modify and control the behavior of nutritionally deprived children. C.A. Frazier, M.D., explores allergic reactions in children and parents' guides to allergy in children. The nutricide of African Americans continues despite the fact that the 1988 Surgeon General's report on nutrition and health reported that diet influences and causes diseases. The diseases destroys the body's ability to function, to protect itself, and to be African. Junk food companies are in business to stay in business. They're Food deplete the children of energy and lead them to a life of diseases until one of the diseases places their body in a cemetery. The African Americans are victims of the junk food industry. Disease and death are a byproduct of poor nutrition and a Caucasian weapon disguised to commit nutricide against Africans. Allow Africans ethno-nutritional natural food diet is in no way a part of the government's design or purpose for Africans. This information is published in the Food Gap, Poverty and Malnutrition in the United States, 
Washington, D.C., Government Printing Office, 1969. And then in Cott's book, Let Them Eat Promise, The Politics of Hunger in America. It is a total illusion to rely upon Caucasian junk foods or allopathic disease-causing medicines to save Africans. Caucasian nutritionists, doctors, dietitians, and health practitioners are just as infected with junk food and white supremacy as the general public. If one of their science disciplines games decides to be humanistic or allow Africans to use their cultural herb, herb medicine or Afrocentric hygiene health treatment systems or natural diet, then one of the other disciplines, scientific games, will attack them. They attack each other in order to keep the African caucus alive long enough to drain more economic profit from it. The Caucasians do not have an intelligent brain that supervises white supremacy or divide and conquer techniques or selfish individualism or violent wolf pack attacks upon African Americans. They use thought, political, and military instinct. Historically, the basic unit of their society is the dysfunctional family. The Caucasian family structure is divided. Basically, their normal dysfunctional family is a loose collection of individuals that will betray and deceive each other. In their distant past, they will sell bricks that were cracked to each other. They would hide the cracks in the bricks with wax and sell them as good. Eventually, a a house built with bricks, cracked bricks, would fall apart. They have a saying left over from their deceitful behavior where we sign letters with it, sincere. Sincere means my bricks are not sealed with wax. The deceit and divided characteristics of their family, spirit, minds, and countries is still present. Caucasian dysfunctional families and mixtures of families called clans were blood-related and fought each other. Then after a battle against a common enemy, they would fight amongst each other. Individuals and their families would betray, deceive, and abuse each other violently and sexually, so that by definition they were dysfunctional families. Caucasian dysfunctional broken homes would unite and then break up their unity. Then the cycle of dysfunction families, dysfunctional families, clans, and tribes would continue. This led to dysfunctional kingdoms and governments. This cycle of dysfunctional governments was repeated in America when dysfunctional European families separated from dysfunctional governments then came to America to escape the violence with their blood relatives. Then they fought their blood relatives over ownership of the government, money, resources, Africans in Africa, and land that belonged to their European relatives and called this the American Revolution. Then they loosely aligned it again to later fight their own relatives and clans over control of the dysfunctional economy, which was the war of northern economic aggression against the South, also called civil war. This is inherent in Caucasian civilization 
to be dysfunctional and divided and to behave like an animal pride. The ingredients for dysfunctional families are a Caucasian product that was combined with a dysfunctional diet and diseases, then passed along to African people. Any race that has ungodly misfortune to have an associate with white racist disease, Caucasians, will become divided and conquered, inferiorized, used, use group sex, use violence upon itself, use homosexuality, have dysfunctional families, dysfunctional disease, producing diets, have dysfunctional economics, i.e. inflation, depression, recession, etc. Use drugs, abortions, and won't know their history. Europeans do not know their history. They would have reproductive failures, rotten teeth, suicides, rape each other, have white gods and saviors, and commit wild wolf pack dog attacks upon each other, gang warfare, which they call wars. The synthetic foods are addicting and biochemically help to support addiction to Caucasian behavior. Biochemically, the brain nourished by junk food has a predisposition for addiction, which means it could become easily addicted to other things. Melanin participates in addiction by binding the harmful chemicals to it. It is a self-defense mechanism of the body for melanin to attach to the synthetic harmful chemical or harmful thoughts. Melanin then waits for an opportunity to eliminate these harmful chemicals and thoughts from the body. This melanin reflex holds the addiction in the body. The constant con consumption of synthetic Caucasian foods chemicals with addictive chemicals makes Africans more addiction prone than Caucasians. Caucasians who are melanin deficient and lack melanin's free radical chemical bonding ability. They are chemical people, caffeine, sugar, alcohol, salt, etc. It must be remembered that food, synthetic or natural, are chemicals. All chemicals influence the body, mind, mood, and consciousness, either positively or negatively. The body reacts to chemicals, cooked foods, inorganic, and cooked herbs, inorganic. This reaction is called nutrition. Biologically, foods either have a sympathetic or parasympathetic nervous system response. Africans, melanin makes their nervous system more sensitive by responding to the electromagnetic force of foods and nutrients. A harmful food will cause the melanin to turn on the sympathetic response def defense reaction. The sympathetic defense reaction sends melanin out to attach to the harmful food or drug. This inadvertently makes Africans more prone to addiction, especially if they stay on a junk food diet. The junk food diet stops the melanin from releasing the addictive drug or food. A natural diet will stop the addiction and cause melanin to get rid of the harmful addiction instead of bonding with it.
A strictly Caucasian level of drug detoxification would leave the African still addicted as detoxification would be based on the low level of Caucasian melanin. Therefore, a so-called detoxified African with melanin dominance would still remain attached to a drug, food, social, or spiritual Caucasian disease. African Americans suffer due to the nutritional level set by Caucasian, African American women and girls' diets are the most nutritionally deficient. For example, Africans and African Americans have the highest level of malnutrition, stress, degenerative diseases, birth defects, venereal diseases, and even the most headaches. Johns Hopkins University's research reports that the poor have 60% more headaches. Added to all Caucasian research must be the additional diseases caused by white racism and melanin deficiencies, which their science totally ignores when evaluating African Americans' health. Food is used to destroy Africans' health, while at the same time, the same constipating synthetic Caucasian food makes an abundance of profit for food companies. These diseases the food causes makes profits for hospitals, doctors, and drug companies. Disease industry. Incidentally, aspirin and laxatives are the two largest selling chemicals of drug companies. The cooked junk food causes the headaches, aspirin use, and constipation, laxative use. Africans are indoctrinated, so-called educated, to believe that they are born to be sick or born in sin. Indoctrinization teaches you what to think while education teaches you how to think. African people are indoctrinated until they believe that they are going to get sick no matter what they eat or do not eat. They think that you must die from disease and often say, you're going to die from something. So why should I eat healthy foods? The Caucasian society reinforces this nutritional, miseducational thinking. There, there are many countries, United States of America, Canada, England, France, etc., that have hospitals with drug stores, emergency medical services, clinics and ambulances everywhere. They sell drugs for diseases at gas stations, grocery stores, and amusement parks, and everyone buys them, including doctors, nurses, and morticians, undertakers. African people are carefully taught to be junk food addicts. They are merely permanent hospital outpatients with some type of walking disease believed to be caused by bacteria or viruses instead of the Caucasian. Because of the man-made Caucasian synthetic foods, Africans walk around with fear that their own body will fail to be healthy or that their body will fall apart or self-destruct from a mysterious germ that has attacked them. It is the nutricidal actions of the Caucasian that have attacked all Americans. Furthermore, nutricidal certified Negroes reject health food and will say that they are not dietary extremists 
like the African health food and vegetarian dieters. Consequently, they eat in moderation, which means their diet is a mixture of Caucasian junk foods and health foods. Moderation is used as an excuse to stay addicted to Caucasian junk food, junk culture, and junk religions. Junk culture is a mixture of Caucasian culture in a superior position and African culture in an inferior position. These certified Negroes can be seen wearing European tuxedos and African kente cloth about bow ties, high heels, and straightened hair with an African groan celebrating Christmas, Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day, or St. Patrick's Day, or other Caucasian holidays. They pledge allegiance to Caucasian cultural perversions or religions of religions, Jews, Christians, and Muslims, with the use of books written by the Caucasians, such as the Torah, King James Version of the Bible, and the European Arabic Quran. These religions refer to African religion as sinful, inferiorize women in Africa. In any case, junk food, junk culture, and junk religions addicts many call themselves moderates. However, the deadly effect of all junk is nutricide, spiricide, and genocide, which equals death. There are many alibis, excuses, used by junk food addicts. For example, the addicted Negroes say that all Caucasians are not racist or that some Caucasians are nice. They are also nice alcoholics, drug addicts, thieves, homosexuals, rapists, cancer patients, diabetics, etc. Being nice does not stop white folks from having a disease of white supremacy, just as being nice does not stop diabetes. Nice Caucasians accept the benefits of their white skin, white supremacy, and do not actively or militarily stop other whites from being racist. They are guilty of white racism by passive participation and association. They live in a cracker, white racist house and accept the economic benefits and social advantages from supporting the cracker white racism. If they were truly nice, they would move out of the cracker house or stay in the house, work within the system, and destroy it without any African participating or telling them to do so. Nice white folks and another is another Negro excuse used to stay addicted to Caucasian junk food, junk culture, and junk religions. Nutritionally, Caucasian junk food is twice as deadly to Africans. Deadly to Africans. The Caucasian uses Africa's history to force their dietary ignorance upon Africans. In history reported writings, Africans never read about the historical impact of foods upon themselves or the Caucasians. In fact, Africans never view themselves as holistic as a holistic part of the history they read. In any case, omitting nutrition and food as a holistic moving force of history causes the reader to assume all people basically eat the same as Caucasians and use Caucasian allopathic medicine. 
racist Caucasians have distorted history and made it non-rhythmical, non-melanated. Caucasians' historical events, dates, adventure-type history reportage is static. In other words, it lacks holistic human rhythms and does not emphasize the spontaneous, changing, melanated, creative, godly African. It is the same as Caucasian diet with cooked food, static energy, junk food, static energy, and food combined and based on static, inorganic equals dead, food chemistry and superstitions. Food combining is a lively African art based on the electromagnetic aura, color, rhythm, and spirit, 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 spirituality. <laughs> Nutrient male-female principles, cyclic laws, plant communal families, and living nutrition of raw foods. African civilization is a rhythmic communal life force of people in motion with nutrition and spirit. It is constantly cyclic, rhythmic, cultural, organic, balancing, challenging, and does not move from one static event to another stationary event like Caucasian culture. Caucasian culture and white racism is static based on a cemented disease idea of white supremacy and black inferiority. Consequently, if an American studies the Caucasian mind and behavior once, then there is no realistic reason to study it again. Be that as it may, the ever-changing African melanated driven social, spiritual, medical, dietary, and holistic health events are unified communally by an elder, drummer, health practitioner, storyteller, council of the wise member of the priest slash priestess. The melanin electromagnetic third eye senses the total unity purpose, harmony and beginning and end of the energy collective and unites the Africans into a singular family movement. For example, the elders primarily Purpose, primary purpose is to holistically censor, synchronize, and balance the spontaneity of all the different cultural, spiritual, mental, and emotional forces that simultaneously occur in the community before, during, and after a social event. The Caucasian myth about Africans creates the image that Africans are frozen in static, inorganic traditions, ceremonies and rituals that move from one ceremony and ritual to another ceremony and ritual. This subtle and electrical movements that Africans have in relationship to universal change cycles and universal change impact on melanin is too fast an energy exchange for Caucasian albino historians to note. The power of the melanin force can remove right racism disease within Africans. Africans can never completely lose their true Afrinicity, ethics, aesthetics, morals, godliness, communal approach to life, 
drumming, science, diet, dance, health, herbs, discipline, order and identity, despite nutricide. There are a few words that hide the crimes of nutricide. The Caucasian used the words Western science, modern man, the Western countries, man-made, modern medicine, scientific proof, statistics, education, professional license, certified, etc. All of which means Caucasian. It is not modern man that has polluted the earth. It is the Caucasian man-woman. It is not Western medicine. It is Caucasian medicine. It is not education. It is Caucasian-approved indoctrination. It is not junk food. It is Caucasian scavenger food stuff. It is not degenerative disease. It is a Caucasian diseases. It is not a world full of wars and violence. It is a Caucasian world of wars and violence. African peoples everywhere must eat natural foods to be healthy. Caucasians are the ones producing these natural foods for other Caucasians to eat because a Caucasian with a natural foods diet is still a white racist. It is the natural foods industry that believes that they will always be in control of the natural foods and Africans will always be consumers, never producers. In the past, the Caucasians have had control over, over health food movements and perverted them. For example, Dr. Kellogg was a pioneer in the health food industry. He started the use of fibrous and nutritionally rich whole, food, whole corn flakes. Today, Kellogg corn flakes are a junk food. There are more nutrients and fiber in the box than in the flakes. He performed many surgical removals of part of the colon to adapt it to the food. Dr. Graham started the use of nutritionally rich and fibrous cracked whole wheat crackers. Today, his graham crackers are junk food. Of one of the early Caucasian health food movements, only the mealtime salads remain. It is reduced to a junk food with synthetic salad dressing. The Caucasian health food movement usually ruin themselves. They eat health food in order to run from diseases, not because it is a part of their spirituality. In African culture, health foods keep you spiritually and African, spiritual and African. Caucasian health food industries usually ruin itself because it is part of their diseased mentality. The natural food industry is still an unnatural Caucasian racist industry. They manufacture supplements and herbs for themselves without African ethno-medicine or ethno-nutritional or ethno-food consciousness. These Caucasians are becoming physically fit with disease, with a diseased white supremacist dysfunctional mind. They are totally capable of continuing nutricide on another level. It must be historically noted that it was Caucasian Arabs on health foods that had Eastern Africans in the most vicious evil form of chattel enslavement in East Africa for over 1,000 years. Then the Caucasians called Eastern Europeans and Western Europeans, these are Caucasians that do not live in China or India, 
were on cooked natural foods when they started the Western African slave trade. The slave trade forcefully brought Africans to North and South America. Slavery and colonialism contributed to the mass murder of at least 200 million Africans. The Caucasians label any Caucasian that has killed five people or more as a mass murderer and mentally ill. They then look into the history of the mass murder and identify the ingredients that created the killer's insane mind. If an African should use Caucasian standards, then by definition, the Caucasian race is one, a mass murderer, killed over 200 million Africans, and is mentally ill. Examine the Caucasian's history and it will reveal the ingredients that shape their insanity. Ironically, any African that truthfully labels and identifies the Caucasian race as a race of mass murderers that are biochemically and mentally insane to be classified as angry, hostile, full of hate, and or a black racist. An African with a slave's mentality will verbally attack and character assassinate any African that speaks truthfully about the diseased mind, spirit, biochemistry, melanated, melanin albino, and behaviors of whites. Caucasians on health food murdered, raped, enslaved, and destroyed African land. Again, a physically fit Caucasian is still a white supremacist. The only thing that an African can gain from a healthy Caucasian is more nutricide. A book such as How the White Man's Diet Affects Natives by, of Africa by Albert Schweitzer can give some insight. The extent of the crime of nutricide is far-reaching. Nutricide not only occurs before birth, but during birth as well. A natural delivery, which is drug-free, allows the umbilical cord to stop pulsating before being cut. The baby's delivery is in the squatting position. Relatives, extended family, and a midwife are present, and Afrocentric rituals and ceremonies are used. The natural birth allows the normal contractions to help drain the fluid out of the lungs, stimulates the lymph fluids, cerebral spinal fluid, and helps send nourishing blood, oxygen, and nutrients to the child's brain. During induced contractions, nutritionally rob the brain, causes, no, excuse me, drug-induced contractions, nutritionally rob the brain, causes a sympathetic response in the child's child while a parasympathetic response is normal, weakens the immune system, pollutes the liver, pancreas, and thyroid, and reduces the electromagnetic and biochemical responses of melanin. A cesarean section, C-section, interrupts the synchronic cycle rhythm, synchronic cycle rhythm of mother and child and causes lung diseases, behavior problems, slow growth, and or retarded growth. Instead of nutritionally solving the problem, 
Caucasian doctors add to the problem with their interruption and interference with the bonding and nutritional rights of passage of birthing. There are psychological aspects of Caucasian interference with African birth. For example, the Caucasian indoctrinates Africans to believe that a baby has a birthday. This logic is used to inferiorize women and the Africanized Africans. In African culture, the mother, Isis, has a birthday as she gives birth to the child. The child cannot birth itself. The child has a day of emergency as it emerges from the mother's womb. The only true emergency occurs at a child's birth. It is part of the Caucasian disease individualism to think I had my own birth or all for me or me for me. It helps to affirm their white supremacy, which says they they are the center of the world. They believe that their scientific drugs are the solution for all things. They proceed to solve the medical problems they created by creating a synthetic chemical drug problem. Caucasian medicine defines any problem the child has after their drug and surgery interference with natural birth as a biochemical problem of the baby. They use drugs to torture the African child's entire body combined with the torture of the C-section surgical operation. What awaits the child is a consequence of a C-section are drugs for asthma, bronchitis, behavior problems, colds, learning problems, hormones, and melanin problems, which the Caucasians created before and during birth. Books by R.S. Mendelssohn, M.D. titled Confessions of a Medical Heretic and Malpractice Documents the Nutricide Crimes. The nutricide problems that are started at birth are never corrected. In fact, the Caucasian junk food diet compounds the problems. They proceed to classify Caucasian-created problems as a genetic brain illness that causes violence and learning problems. Ritalin, or similar type drugs, are given in addition to genetic altering drugs. Ritalin is a narcotic that is the same that is in the same category as cocaine. It retards growth, increases blood pressure, attacks. Melanin weakens immunity and is and is toxic to the brain and nerves. The use of drugs such as Ritalin has not been documented to increase intelligence or performance. They simply make the African child a dope robot, alter the normal biochemistry, give the child a predisposition for mental, physical, and spiritual addictions. Ritalin is a chemical solution for a Caucasian indoctrination problem called education. The mental and physical chemistry between the African child and the Caucasian educational system is the problem, not the chemistry of the child. Aside from this, drugs that are given to African children by the public schools are actually based on money. It is a profit motivation that causes the schools to drug African children.
the schools, hospitals, medical science, and food companies run a cash and carry business. They receive cash money for every child that swallows drugs. Schools get more money from the federal government if they can qualify children for certain problems. The federal government offers more money to schools that have children with mental or behavioral problems. The federal money given to schools to treat children with special problems is used for salaries, extra pay, supplies, books, and other items the school needs. The schools desiring the money can conveniently find that 40% of the children have behavioral and or mental problems or brain damage. The drugs given to the children despite the unscientific diagnosis for use, they give African children such narcotics as Ritalin or other behavioral drugs such as Trofamil, Siler, or Dexatrine. African children are basically drugged because of the nutritional problems Caucasians created before, during, and after birthing. Drugging a child covers up teachers' failure to educate, psychologists' failure to counsel, and parents' lack of parenting skills. The black parent tries to be the village in order to educate the child. However, a parent is not a village. Consequently, the parent compensates for not being a village by giving the child expensive clothes or cable TV, X-rated shows and movies to watch, and allow computer games to parent the child. This further dysfunctionalizes the addicted child and codependent addicted child. A codependent child is a non-drug addicted schoolmate of an addicted child. Non-addicted school children are forced to socialize with the addicts. This causes Ritalin addicts classmates to develop distorted emotions, feelings, thoughts, and behaviors in order to survive the addict, addict and socialize with the addict. A codependent creates a dysfunctional personality. This once mentally healthy classmate of the addict recreates themselves into a distorted personality in order to maintain a relationship with the addict. The codependent playmate of the addict changes into a personality that can complement, maintain, and feed off the deceased Ritalin addict. The addict's entire classroom of children becomes affected and infected with forms of mental illnesses. Codependents will have dysfunctional relationships and dysfunctional children in order to feel normal. A dysfunctional African is, by definition, a seasoning African, a slave. An economic benefit to whites, whites earn money, capital profits, from all types of African dysfunction. Dysfunctional African children and adults buy material goods to be comfortable in their oppression, slavery. White supremacy can only be successful if and only if whites create and maintain dysfunctional blacks. What's a disease? Dysfunctionality, AIDS, cancer, 
hyperactivity, crime, homosexuality, white racism, etc. Becomes an industry, it never dies. The disease industry moves to protect itself by periodically coming out with a new model. This means new signs and symptoms for disease, new research findings, new crimes, hate crimes, new treatments and drug therapies. They must constantly redefine the disease, create a new disease within old disease, so that the industry can expand its market, share and profits. Disease no longer functions as a disease, it functions as a business, a nutricide business. The nutricide of African people has many dimensions. It is not seen or acted upon by African scientists, militants, freedom fighters, social activists, teachers, preachers, entertainers, parents, professionals, writers, historians, or prisoners, because most of them are already nutritionally dead. They are so infected with nutricide that they only dance to the drums of McDonald's, Swan, alcohol, Coca-Cola, KFC, coffee, or some other Caucasian food chemical company. They can no longer dance to the rhythm of natural foods. Natural foods that enhance the rhythm of the pineal gland that are the same foods that African ancestors used to create the first university, civilization, and nutritional science of the world. African junk food addicts are involved in spiricide because they use Caucasian written religious books and pray to Caucasian, the Caucasian idea of Allah, God, Jesus, Jehovah, Yahweh, Ra, or any other assortment of saints and ask that their Caucasian food be blessed. They join in a Caucasian conspiracy against their own health. These Negroes are taught to ignore that the melanin-deficient Caucasian's mind is nutritionally dysfunctional, unstable, and non-rhythmic. This caused Caucasians to have unstable personalities. An unstable Caucasian binds to fear, superstitions, and self-hatred very strongly. Stability or rhythm in thought and life is a specific melanin-dominant African characteristic. In the book, Biological Rhythms in Human and Animal Psychology, Gay Gayer Luce stresses the importance of rhythm. The more melanin, the more rhythm. The African junk food addict arrogantly defends junk food. Arrogance is a learned Caucasian characteristic. Arrogance occurs when a white supremacist exaggerates their fantasized superior self-worth in an overbearing manner and defends it with pride. This Caucasian disease of arrogance is exhibited when Africans arrogantly assume that their group is the only group that is aware and conscious. For example, the African Christians, Jews, Muslims, Muslims, comedics, vegetarians, and our health food dieters and history, pol political and social activist groups assume that their individual groups are the only group that is aware or conscious of the proper way to be African or obtain freedom.
they will arrogantly state that other groups are not conscious and holding back the the race from progress. All Africans, regardless of their level of consciousness or awareness, are working to uplift the race unless diseased by white racism. Arrogance, arrogance is a type of slave or colonial mentality. Arrogance is another tool given Africans to destroy themselves and their children. It is the children that need nutritional salvation, not some group's ideological ideological plantation. Nutrition has slowly distorted in thinking and diseased the body of all arrogant Africans. Nutricide is a slow degenerative disease process. It is disguised because Africans are trained to think that constantly getting sick or being sick is normal. They are trained to think that the habitual taking of non-prescription and prescription drugs is normal. It is normal for Caucasians to be sickly, not Africans. Drugs, medical procedures, cooked foods, and junk foods causes disease. Nutricide is further compounded by Africans' blind religious beliefs in Caucasian science, a science that solves nothing and cures, cures nothing. Caucasian science is totally designed to create and support white supremacy. Science means to know. And melanin is the organic bodily substance that makes one know. The more melanin, the more knowing. Historically, it has been the Africans that knows. Astrology, Dagon Star, Sirius, Galaxies, Cycles, God, Architecture, Nutrition, Acupuncture, Human Relationship, Biology, and Chemistry. Melanin albinos, Caucasians, copy the knowers, melanin-dominant Africans. The Caucasians do not know and have to search, research, and then write fantasy superstition in a science language, which only the Caucasians have the stupidity to call science. The basis for all science is melanin. For example, biology is the study of how melanin within cells direct energy. The melanin nucleus is the brain and control center for all life activities in cell. Chemistry is the study of the interaction of melanin within melanin. Scientifically speaking, if Africans flushed all Caucasian science books down the toilet, it would be the worst thing to happen to the sewer and the best thing to happen for the African science students. Nutricide is scientifically disguised and misdiagnosed. For example, the Caucasian non-cyclic control of light and dark in hospital infant nurseries can cause pineal gland immaturity. Light manipulation weakens the pineal immunity and predisposes the child for junk food nutricide. Nutricide is the most democratically distributed form of death among all Africans and reaches into the future by neutrally destroying the yet-to-be-born. This demonstrates how Africans have been taught to be disconnected to the spiritual purpose of food. Food that has been eradicated 
rodent-sided, synthetically fertilized, insecticided, herbicide, cloned with human-insect-animal cells, and processed with synthetic chemicals, is in need of godly prayer and protection from Caucasians. It is not the Caucasian pollution of plants that are the greatest health fear. It is the minds of the Caucasians. In other words, Africans should not be afraid of the created monster Frankenstein. It is his creator, Dr. Frankenstein, that is to be feared. In any case, protection and reparation to nature are the spiritual right of plants, air, water, soil, and Africans. Reparation for nutricide is beyond the comprehension of practicing insane Caucasians. Africans that benevolently ask the Caucasians to voluntarily pay reparations might as well ask white people to stop having white skin. A new standard of reparation must be developed to meet the requirements demanded by Africans as the white standards are for whites only. The standard for reparation is entrenched in Caucasian superstition and psychosis. For example, Caucasian science, nutrition, medicine, and social science uses the belief that the natural existence of life is confusion, antagonistic, a conflict, and and contrary to nature, then becomes confused, chaotic, and dies. This linear logic justifies their continued psychotic need to dominate and neutricide Africans. In Caucasian allopathic medicine, medical doctors, the fundamental belief concept is that contrary cures opposite. This means that to be against nature cures nature of disease and confusion. If reparation is left to the devices of Caucasians, it will follow the concept that contrary to reparation solves the reparation problem. Reparation will be another tool of destruction used against Africans, just as nutrition is a tool for destroying Africans. Reparations obtained from mentally ill Caucasians is in itself a crazy concept. Some people can pay reparations to some people. However, any demand of reparations made against the mentally ill is questionable. In other words, African people will have to decide how much the the thief Caucasians should keep of what they have stolen. This is what Africans call reparations. No thief has any rights to claim any parts of what they have stolen. The Caucasian will never accept themselves as being insane thieves that warrant punishment or habilitation. Reparations mean that all of the Caucasian countries and religions must pay money for killing over 200 million Africans during colonialism and slavery. Adding to this, they must pay for Africans lynched via drugs by police and jails, as a result of drug experiments, medical treatments, eating junk foods, miseducation, miseducated, excuse me, mental deaths, alcohol, cigarettes, leads, poison, syphilis, 
killed fighting in Caucasian wars and aborted victims. They Caucasians must pay for the direct death of potential offspring of those murdered. Aside from this, Caucasians must give back the economic profits they got from 450 years of free slave labor, the money and profits of over $10 million in gold and jewels given to the USA for distribution to ex-slaves by Emperor Main Lick in 1865. Pay for the patent stolen from George Washington Carver and many other inventors. Pay for the stolen music copyrights of Fat Waller and other musicians. Pay for the stolen resources of Africa such as gold, diamonds, books, tin, wood, land, uranium, plutonium, trees, ivory, oil, and treasures looted from ancient cities and Egyptian tools. tools. Again, no thief has any rights to claim what they have stolen. Therefore, the Caucasians must give back what they have stolen. And then reparations can begin. Anything else would be an insult to our ancestors. Only the same people can be punished or pay reparations. Caucasians would have to be habilitated. Habilitation means they must learn to live in holistic harmony with themselves, nature, and then other races. After habilitation, the Caucasian should be holistically balanced, reparations, and then rehabilitated. Reparations in Caucasian lineologic means punishment, while with Africans it, mean, it means healing and harmony with God. Reparations for nutricide are a part of reparations that the Caucasian must confront in order to gain some form of sanity. Context of White Supremacy Audio segment number one, uh, Dr. Layla O. Africa, The Nutritional Destruction of Black People. Again, depending on which version of the book you have, I think the original publication was 1993, but there are a lot of different uh, edits. Uh, it's been over 30 years, so, you know, it's a popular text. Uh, the title has changed when it was originally published. It was Nutricide. Uh, I think the most recent edition, which I believe is like 2013 or 2015, the most recent edition, it's Nutritional Destruction of the Black Race, and then subtitle in parentheses, Nutricide. So that's the most recent edition title like I said I would have been curious to hear you know why the evolution because it was in fact the first time it was Nutricide the destruction of the black race that's the first full title and I certainly was going to have an asterisk there uh, there is one race black people are not members of a race the only reason to belong to a race is to practice racism. When did you join a race? There is one race in the known universe. The white race, the folks causing the problem. That was definitely going to be one. have to say, uh, second asterisk, I said yesterday, I thought I was going to be narrating this week, but our uh, whew, investor did 
extraordinary uh, heavy lifting. I mean, wow. Gusty, I still don't uh, have my physical hard copy uh, of the book, right? Uh, because I, we weren't going to read this book this week. We were going to do this a little bit uh, later in 2020, but current events, the Chinese virus changed things. So to do this right now, I had posted online. I said I need help because I don't have this book. Uh, and there is no audio book. So unless somebody has this book and is willing to, uh, you know, help out and then I can, you know, maybe read this week and then I'll have the book and, you know, we'll be fine moving forward. Listener pitched in and read the entire portion of this week's book study. Uh, I wasn't even asking for that. I was just, you know, trying to see if we could get somebody to pitch in. But wowie, uh, super, super appreciated uh doing the narration is heavy lifting i bet henry in chicago retired firefighter our black mommy in detroit it's been a, a lot of listeners over the years uh who have helped out pitched in uh to do narration for the book club it is no easy task i've said for years i hate it i will not hate reading this i'll you know this is a labor of importance for many reasons but you know generally speaking I hate it uh, it's hard work you have to go through and if you mess it you, anyway super gratitude to our investor for doing the narration this week much obliged because we would not be we wouldn't have it if, if she hadn't pitched in we'd have to pick another book or we wouldn't have had a book club this week or you know something else anyway my second asterisk with the book that we selected I said yesterday that I thought I was going to be narrating and I had read about maybe the first 10 pages of the book. Uh, some of it's available online. And I was like, wow, this is really constructive. You know, potential top 10 book. This is awesome. Always like, you know, reading constructive material. And I saw, you know, Negro here, there. Okay. And then I looked at the rest and I saw, oh, wow, there's a lot of this in the book. That is an immediate disqualification. Uh, you cannot be name-calling black people and be in Gusty's top ten. Uh, that's just totally unacceptable. I said that before. I think we read uh, Black Love is a Revolutionary Act. Worst book ever. Still. Uh, but there's name-calling there. Uh, like, absolutely not. Book cannot be in the top ten. Uh, with name calling we can extract the constructive information but wow we man that is going to get on my nerves having to listen to a whole lot of name calling uh, throughout the book and quite frankly I just think it's unprofessional uh, I mean you can give out constructive information without you know having to sit around and call black people victims of white supremacy uh, you can give out constructive information without having to sit around and name call black people every other page like really Anyway, disqualification from top 10 nonetheless. We will extract the good parts to do better with our diet. Uh, the number to dial 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Number again, 605-313-5164, the code 564-943-POUND. 
Press star 61 if you would like to participate. One quick comment I will make before we get to the callers. A lot of constructive information about diet, food, destructive impact of not eating healthful, life-supporting foods. Uh, Gus T., I said yesterday as we were going off the air with Dr. Lathan that during that live broadcast, I got a package from my Amazon wish list. Gus T. Renegade, much obliged to the investors. The package I got, I wanted a cast iron cook set. I just said we were at the uh, Florida yoga retreat. We were talking about, you know, cooking different meals, being able to take uh, a pot from the stove and bam, put it in the oven uh, to finish it off and doing different types of uh, vegan, you know, meals and things of that nature, making vegetables and things. And uh, I said, man, I don't have cookware that I could do that. Uh, that you could start on the stovetop and then bam, switch it up to the uh, oven. And talk about healthy food and constructive eating. The things that you cook with a lot of times uh, have poisons and toxins and all that sort of thing. That's why you really want to be mindful, read the ingredients and, and see what it is you're getting. Because uh, a lot of people even have toxic you know, cookware. Cast iron, not toxic. Uh, very, very durable. You can pass cast iron down for generations. Uh, you know, give it to your grandchildren or something. Excellent cooking, even heating. Uh, just spectacular. Not, and I mentioned it yesterday. People that have iron deficiencies, cooking in cast iron, some of that iron does leach into your food. So that is one way you'd be getting iron in your diet if you are cooking with cast iron. The only reason that I am mentioning this, cast iron, black, crystal black, Dr. Welsing, black, cast iron pots. And I mean, people who cook love cast iron pots. Oh, they can hold heat. They can go from the stovetop to the lots of, you talk all day long about why people love cast iron pots. But, whew, Man, we are so right and exact. That is amazing. Line up the symmetry. So the word seasoning was mentioned in, in the book. I have to scroll back up. Do, 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 do. Get my highlight. I didn't plan on saying all this. I was just thinking before we got there. I would have had it on the page. So seasoning. Wow, was it that far back? That can't be. I don't believe it's that far back. It was... The seasoned African is profitable. I remember this uh, sentence. I'll find it as we go along. But he said the seasoned African is profitable in the system of racism, white supremacy. And I highlighted it because delectable Negro had. There it is. A dysfunctional African is, a, is by definition a seasoning African, a slave, an economic benefit to whites. Reminded me of delectable Negro talked extensively about seasoning. Why would you call seasoning? Why would white people use that term to apply to a black person that is, uh, by definition, an economic benefit? Why would that be a term? That why, That's not Dr. Africa's term. He's got that in quotes. That's exactly right. Why would white people use that term to describe black people? That is in the top ten. No name calling. That book didn't get disqualified. So seasoning 
That was what I thought when I highlighted it. But you get cast iron pots, people that cook, you got to season them. What was Gus T. Renegade doing? Literally, like seconds, literally seconds before we went on the, I was going to say minutes. That wouldn't be accurate. It would be accurate. Seconds before we went live, I was seasoning my cast iron, my black, crystal black cast iron pots, which is a process. Seasoning has an entirely different meaning in that context, in that process. I was saying while I was seasoning my cast iron pots, and I seasoned them with flaxseed oil, which was mentioned on the program yesterday. I seasoned them with flaxseed oil. And while I was doing seasoning my black cast iron pots, I said, wow, this is amazing. This feels like I'm putting lotion on my skin. Like you don't need a whole lot. You just kind of rub the entire pot. You don't, it doesn't need to be dripping. You just like it's lotion. And I said, wow, uh, it feels great. My hands even felt great. That uh, flaxseed oil is really, really good for you. My hands even felt great after I massaged all my pots. You put them in the oven. The seasoning process. But that's what I was doing before we went live. I was seasoning my cast iron pots. Time is rough. Man, talked about how you move from things. That was how I moved from the day was the seasoning process to then this book talking about I'll give the sentence again. A dysfunctional African is by definition a seasoning African, a slave, an economic benefit to whites. Wow. Time is right and exact. Uh, Delectable Negro, folks should definitely, uh, Vincent Woodard's book, Homoeroticism and Human Consumption in U.S. Slave Culture. Top 10. Spectacular. All right. Now we'll get to the folks who dialed in. Uh, let's see. Folks who, star 61, if you have comments, questions to share, star 61. Folks who dialed in, if you have thoughts on the first portion of the audio, proceed. Can I be heard? Greetings, retired firefighter. Are you there? Retired. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Oh, 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 oh. Let's see. Oh, uh, how's my line not open? You online? Can you hear me? I should be. Oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. Yes, can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah, I can hear you. I can't hear Gus or the... Um, All right. Now you, now you can. <laughs> grand, grand. I had uh, some wackiness happen before I went live and trying to dial my phone thing, and I think my audio wasn't connected. Anywho, first audio segment is all done. Gusty here. Uh... I won't repeat everything I said because it will be in the audio, even though it was really important. Woo! Man, oh man.
but it'll be in the uh, archive if I feel like it. Maybe I'll give like an abbreviated summary. For the people who are listening live online, uh, they should have been able to hear it crystal. It was just the people who dialed in via phone missed out. But again, it'll be in the archives. It was the most amazing thing you can possibly think of in the world. Uh, but the number again, 605-313-5164, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. I will repeat one thing I said. One thing that I said was this book is absolutely disqualified from being in the top 10 because of the name calling of black people. That was one thing that I said. Uh I thought, oh man, it's in there once or twice, and then I looked ahead, and it's in there quite a bit of Negro this and Negro that. That is something that I said. It cannot be. Uh, there is absolutely no book that is going to be in Gus T's top ten uh, with name calling of black people. I did say that. I said I think it's kind of unprofessional. Uh, whatever the information is, that we can't just give it out without every other page. It's got to be Negro this and Negro that and coon, coon, coon. I mean, woo, either we got victims of racism who've been mistreated, or we don't. No name calling that is one thing i said folks who dialed in with the hand up proceed can i be heard fighter yes sir yes uh i guess uh this first reading was basically explaining his uh word nutricide. Uh the first thing I wrote down as far as note taking was uh the results of the lack of iron. Uh he was specifically talking about non white children, non white black children, I believe. Uh it affects behavior and also it affects the ability to uh take standardized tests which is something that actually is prevalent i guess uh it's a well thought out planned uh uh means to uh build non-white black children up for failure uh something that uh, I think was called Stymade. Am I am I pronouncing it correctly? Uh, I am not the one uh, to uh, ask for verification for any of the pronunciation for any of the vitamins, minerals. I am not verification <laughs> for that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but it has something to do with uh, the the effect of it by having a lack of it. The effect of it would have would be the uh, inability to accept criticism he was talking about, uh, which is all a part of of uh, the essentiality in the in a quote unquote uh, school environment. Uh, he did a lot of talking on the uh, junk food industry uh, that it's designed to kill, which you know is logical. Uh, uh, he mentioned, uh, he did use the word one time, white people are dysfunctional beings, uh, headaches are suffered, something as simple as headaches are suffered more, more by, uh, black people 
Uh, he mentioned about the uh, incorrectness of black people celebrating uh, white holidays. I would say holidays, period. But he, he states white holidays. Uh, a logical understanding, uh, being nice, doesn't stop whites from practicing racism. Uh, that is a, uh, I can basically confirm that, uh, from my experiences. Uh, uh, and I, I have a question here, uh, 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 based on what I heard a lot, the word Caucasian. And I have a question. Could there be a difference between a Caucasian and a white person? Uh, I don't use the word myself. I have heard it a lot, especially uh, when uh, non-white people are talking about racism, white supremacy. Uh, I, have, I, I don't hear it as much as I used to hear it. I would say back in the 80s, Back in the 80s and the 90s, I would hear the word a lot, but, but it's, it, it is becoming less and less of a uh, means to describe white people, which is actually a constructive thing, because in place I'm hearing more of the term white people, white person, so on and so forth, which is the more accurate uh, accuracy is, is essential. And uh, so, but anyway, my question is still is still up. Is there a difference between a uh, Caucasian and a white person? If so, what what uh, what what is the difference? Uh, what I thought was also uh, something that made sense to me: controlling natural food foods, something that white people do, and. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's designed to, with the, that natural food, is to turn it into junk food. And he gave several examples of that. Uh, a, a, uh, another uh, another uh, uh, statement that makes sense, a physical, physically fit. Uh, he says Caucasian. I'm assuming he's talking about a white person. A physically fit Caucasian is still a racist. Uh, he mentions about the important uh, drug, Ritalin. Uh, I just have down here a major drug given to black children. Uh, first, it's the process of, of uh, destroying the brain and the body of the child. And then when, and then when they, and, the, and also at the same time, uh, elevating the, the effects of the destruction of that child by the misbehavior, and then when it comes to, when he or she comes to school, they give them Ritalin to basically turn them into a quote unquote zombie uh, during those uh, eight hours. Uh, processed food, process of bad food ruins uh, health and mental behavior. Uh, and uh, well, that, that just uh, that just the uh, more to what I just said, and because the real ends up suppressing the bad behavior, bad behavior, which actually is still destroying the person. Uh, I like I like how he does speaks directly 
the homosexuality as a problem. He doesn't uh, miss any words on that subject. I've heard, I heard him, I heard about three or four statements on, uh, uh, in, uh, in the inclusion of uh, homosexuality. Uh, he mentions about the word arrogance, uh, which I thought was important. Uh, he used melanin, which I'm not in disagreement of. He used melanin as a neutral product ingredient in people. Uh, of course, uh, in white people, they probably have a lack, a smaller amount of it, but nevertheless, it is there. Last but not least, uh, in my first uh, notation report, reparations, uh, that was a very good analysis of reparations as far as uh, that most people don't don't uh, go into the details that he, he went into as far as uh, the whole the whole subject matter of reparations. Uh, most times, they uh, is limited to just people talking about uh, the uh, victims of the issue that demands reparations. Uh, it would only be exchange of money, but he goes a lot more in detail to uh, that subject matter that's called reparations, and that's all I have. Thank you. Much obliged, retired firefighter. I don't use the term Caucasian myself, uh, but I have seen some people where they use it uh, as a synonym, uh, and I've seen some people where they use it uh, meaning something different from individuals classified as white. But, yeah, we'll have to see other people. I don't hear it as much myself either. Uh, other folks who dialed in uh, with a hand up, if you have comments, questions, uh line should be open. Proceed. Can I hear it? May I be heard? Go right ahead, man. Uh, Henry in Chicago, proceed. Much obliged for all of the hard work narrating. All right. Thank you, guests. Uh, greetings to you, guests, and greetings to all the callers and listeners. Um, <clears throat> the Philadelphia Boys, um, what retired firefighters said about the iron deficiency and the thymine deficiency. Uh, you can also add extra lead uh, in those uh, non-white black boys as well, probably in their water, uh, probably using old fountains from like the 1960s that should have been replaced like 30 years ago. Uh, I see that in a lot of the schools uh, here in Chicago as well. Um, shelf food life. Uh, he was talking about that uh, food that's prevalent in dollar stores that is, you know, scattered across uh the areas where black people live at, uh, you'll find a lot of that in that in those in those particular stores. Uh, white people and the dysfunctional family. Uh, yes, uh, white people are just dysfunctional. Period. But when it comes to practicing the system of racism, uh, they will become family in a minute. Uh, they will get together. I think you use the analogy, Gus, uh, the Voltron effect. And then after they get through dealing with, you know, the non-white black people, they'll go to their own little corners of the world and start fighting each other. Um, I hate that term, you're going to die from something. You know, when people say that, you know, it just really irks me because obviously uh, 
if I'm going to die, I'm not going to be killing myself willingly. <laughs> so that is a term that I cannot stand. Uh, uh, he used the term dietary extremists when he talks about black people uh, and uh, when they meet up with uh, people who are trying to uh, change their diet, trying to go to a vegan diet. Uh, I kind of find uh, that the extremists is not black people. It's more white people. And the reason why I say this is because uh, when President Obama in 2010 uh, passed that, uh, I think it was the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act uh, for the schools, and I think Michelle Obama had something to do with that. And basically, it wasn't really, you know, talking about, uh, you know, completely, you know, uh, putting healthy food in the schools. They just wanted to reduce some of the fatty foods, not eliminate it, but just reduce it and then add, you know, basically add more fruits and vegetables to the diet. And I just, I just thought there was a bunch of white people who just came out and said, you know, you don't control what's on my plate. So I don't find the extremists in that situation to be black. I find the extremists to be white in that situation. Uh, Western society is white society. That is true. Uh, Caucasians create synthetic drugs. Uh, whites are the biggest drug dealers on the planet. Uh, Ritalin basically uh, legal crack uh, feeding into uh, to, uh, non-white black children in the schools. Um, I agree with you, Gus, uh, you know, when you start using, you know, these Negroes and even crackers, you know, that's kind of, you know, very unprofessional name calling. You know, I would have kind of turned this book a higher, you know, uh, you know, like a, uh, uh, the expectations of it. You know, I didn't think he was going to do that, but yeah, it's, it's kind of disappointing. He, he does, you know, use those terms. And then the reparations thing, uh, one thing that he did say uh, that, that really resonated with me was when he said that uh, sometimes reparations, uh, I guess, for uh, more confused Africans is uh, how much Caucasians will keep of their stolen goods. And I thought that was... That was real interesting. And in regards to the retired firefighter, what he said about uh, Caucasian, I think Caucasian is more of an ethnic group in Europe, uh, which doesn't encompass all white people. So I think, you know, the term white people is a little bit more accurate than Caucasian. Uh, so I don't think all white people around the planet are descendants of the of the of the uh, of the white people from the Caucasus Mountains, because I think that's where the Caucasians are. So uh, that's all I have on my life. Much obliged, uh, Henry, in Chicago. Uh, before we get our caller who spoke up simultaneously, uh, he reminded me, my memory is bad, I'm a victim. Uh, the Zarnayev brothers, right? The Boston bombing from a few years back. We had a white guest on the program. She wrote an article about them. They are Caucasian, not white. That's the name of the article, and that's the name of the program. I've forgotten all about that. And she came on and gave all that detail because we were talking about their racial classification. Are they classified as white? Yes or no? Because they were, you know, where are they from? And uh, kind of Eastern, uh, I think, wait a minute, where are they at? Eastern Russia, I think. Yeah, Eastern Russia. And it's kind of like, ooh, wait a minute. Are they accepted? And Caucasian not white that's the name of her report 
excellent point about those dollar stores and the food that lasts forever. 99 cent and it never spoils. That right there should be cause for pause. Uh, caller who yielded, thank you kindly. Uh, peace. Uh, greetings, guest callers and uh, listeners. Um, just to start off pointing out, I, a really uh, good good deduction when you pointed out the fact that he was using the term Negro. I actually was reading it and completely skipped by that, but was wondering why he kept on using that terminology. And yes, it is, it is definitely name-calling in, in my book as well. Um, I'm going to start off from page 39. I wasn't sure if I had the right book, but I realized I have the exact one, uh, the right edition. And the habilitation aspect, and I'm just going to read a little bit of this if you don't mind. Um, habilitation means they must learn to live in holistic harmony with themselves, nature, and then other races. After habilitation, the, ca the Caucasians should be holistically balanced, reparation, and then rehabilitated. Reparations in Caucasian linear logic means punishment, while Africans in while with Africans, it means healing and harmony with God. I thought that was very interesting you pointed that out because I, I see the overall visceral that so-called white people have when it comes to this conversation, and I don't think it just has to do with the financial aspects of it. It has to really do with just plain being um, in the quote-unquote wrong. And at the same time, them admitting to this puts them in a lower, uh, in their mind, in a lower uh, stratosphere, so to speak, a lower position among the other so-called races. And then <laughs> after that, then they'll, they'll have to release their quote-unquote material gain. I, I just don't even see it happening. And the last caller, um, Henry in Chicago, spoke about that. That was an excellent point out, um, the fact that, in other words, African people would have to decide how much the thief Caucasian can keep of what they have stolen. I think that's very good. He spoke very candidly and very well with that. Um, I'm going to head back to page 21, though, where he said, um, there, and this is something that I was curious about, I didn't know that beets could be converted into white sugar. I thought that that I didn't even know it was used for that. I, I had no idea that there was that amount of sugar in beets that it could be used for that processing. So um, that was great information that he just shared there. Um, at this page 21 at the bottom, he says the diseases destroy the body's ability to function, to protect itself and to be African. Um, my question here is, which I would have loved to ask him is, what does it mean to be African in, in his context? Like, what does it mean? And I mean, one can make an argument if you have to ask, then you definitely don't know. But under the system of white supremacy, I think asking is pretty relevant. Um, the other, um, the other aspect about the dysfunctional family of the Caucasian in Chicago mentioned very very well, very good point out. Um, and another thing as far as wording, where I think this sentence is very important for us to reread and understand on multiple levels, he says, biologically, and this is, sorry, this is page 24, biologically, 
foods either have a sympathetic or parasympathetic nervous system response, meaningly either they're helping you or harming you. And I think it's so important that he points this out. He literally says it throughout the first couple of pages here. But it, the way he articulates it here, I think, really was poignant to me because he's indicating that it's either something is robbing your body of nutrition or it's helping your body with nutrition. And I think that, that's a very, very good thing to point out. And throughout this, he mentioned a lot about melanin. Um, he did have one book that he quoted in regards to melanin. I'm, I highlighted it, but I'm not sure what page that might be again. I, I definitely did highlight it because it was very important to me because I've been looking on, looking up different books about melanin, but I, that was the first time I've, I've seen that uh, somebody actually had something uh, as far as a tangible book that I could read about it, but that was a, an important aspect for me. Um, and then the other one that I would mention, uh, page 27, and just read this real quick if you don't mind. There are many alibis, excuses used by junk addicts. For example, the addict, name-calling Negroes, say that all Caucasians are not racist or that Caucasians are nice. There are also nice alcoholics, drug addicts, thieves, homosexuals, rapists, cancer patients, diabetics, etc. Being nice does not stop white folks from having, from having the disease of white supremacy. Just as being nice does not stop diabetes, nice Caucasians accept the benefit of their white skin, white supremacy, and do not actively or militarily stop other whites from being racist. They are guilty of white, white racism by passive participation in association. And I think it's very important he classified that and, and put that in the, in the notes. There was an offer you had online. I, I actually ended up purchasing a book about, I think it was, I think it was passive racism, I think she, she recalled it. And you had her uh, interview her, and she completely fell apart as you were interviewing her because she was clearly one of the passive <laughs> racists herself. Um, I, I have the book outside. I got to look at that. But um, that, that's all pretty much I have to say for now. I have some other things I wanted to highlight and bring up, but um, especially with the rhythmic aspect of Africans compared to non-Africans. But um, I want to release the floor for somebody else I'd like to hear some other ideas and concepts. Thanks for your time. Much obliged, good sir. Uh, other folks who dialed in with a hand up that we have missed totally, proceed. Can I be heard? Greetings, Draftomania. Uh, your volume is low, so if you could uh, speak up uh, or get closer to the speaker. Okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to get up. Can I be heard now? Much better, much better. Okay, yeah, something like this Bluetooth, is, um, for some reason it doesn't um, pick up the sound really loudly. Um, but um, thanks for uh, doing the reading. And um, what kind of stuck out for me, um, what made me like um, Dallas raise my hand was um, what you were saying that um, we maybe uh, heard what you were saying on the um, live Internet. 
So I listen to you on my phone and I listen to you on the Internet also because, you know, just in case one goes out, um, I didn't hear you either live on the um, Internet, so nothing came through. I just wanted to let you know that. Um, and also I just wanted to comment on um, I'm, when he was talking about um, iron levels and boys, I was always under the, the impression or they, you know, I know um, that Western medicine makes it um, seem as if um, um, men cannot be um, iron um, deficient. So that was just um, that just stood out to me because I never, I didn't know that um, men can be iron deficient. And I think they, I had heard somewhere that if um, men's iron levels are too high, it can be dangerous. But I'm think I'm gonna, um, you know, research that a little bit more. Um, you know, now that I know that, because like I said, I didn't know that um, prior to this uh, reading. And um, um, the gentleman before you, he was talking about different books on um, melanin. And um, one book definitely that I can um, refer, I haven't read it yet, but I've um, done some, a lot of research from um, uh, Dr. Um, uh, the book's called Melanin. And it's by um, uh, Dr. Richard um, D. King. I think he also wrote uh, The Black Dot or something like that also, but that's one um, book that um, he might be able to um, pick up one um, melanin. And also um, Dr. Jewel um, Pookrum, she speaks a lot on um, melanin. So those might be some other um, resources that, um, you know, the callers might want to look into. And um, that's all I wanted to basically share, and thanks for allowing me to share. Much obliged, Draftomania. Dang. Missed it on the live broadcast, too. I'll double-check and make sure it's in the recording. If it's not, I'll see if I, uh, maybe I'll repeat it. Hopefully, it's in the recording. We shall see. Uh, much obliged, Draftomania. Um, caller, mm-hmm. uh, caller uh, other people who dialed in, if you have a hand up, proceed. Oh, this is, um, this, this is, this is from, from Canada. Great, um, sir. Well, yeah, from my understanding, um, Mr. Fowler doesn't like to use the word Caucasian because he doesn't really know what it means. And I agree with the other caller that Caucasian just seems like another classification. And, um, yeah, so Caucasian is not actually um, a color. And then... um, uh, what what else is Okay. Um, I think that's it. Thanks. Much obliged, good sir. Uh, uh, your volume is a little low. Yes, Thomas in New York. You can speak up. Can you hear me better now? Yes. Uh, good evening to all the callers. Uh, from what I understand, the coffee. A caucus Asian is a synonym for an Indo Asian. Uh, it um, encompasses Indians and white people as well, uh, not just white people. Uh, I believe the Indians are the first people listed. And of course, um, Europe is in real. That's all Asia. They created the line there um, with those mountains called the Axis. I think it's called the Caucasus Mountains today, but they were called the Asses. People who lived on that side of the Asses were called Asians. That's where that word comes from. Either way, 
man, I was very confused by the reading today. Because I'm quite, I don't know if I'm confused or Dr. Africa was confused or, but it's like, I don't know if he's talking to me or if he's talking to Africans. And the only people he keeps talking about are Africans and Caucasians, not black Americans. We definitely don't have the same diet. I mean, I doubt they have as many McDonald's in Africa as we have in Manhattan. You know, it's just, you know, even the reparations talk, it was like, well, how are we going to get reparations for ivory? We only have elephants in the zoo and the, the, the circus here. Like, let's stick to what our reparations are. Like, you know, trying to make it this big global black affair just doesn't seem logical. You know, and um, that's what I took from the reading so far. So I couldn't get into the information because I was too stuck on who's he talking about, right? Because we definitely, you know, don't have the same too much of anything, you know, it's two different people. Right? I just don't get it. Um, I'm the Thank you, Gus. Much obliged, Thomas in New York. Definitely not eating the same thing. We just talked about that yesterday. Definitely. I don't think they have as many McDonald's, Starbucks, Cheetos chicken sandwiches uh, as we do over here. So, absolutely. Uh, I do think, uh, or I suspect, he's one of those that just talks about Africans as. African and black might be synonymous, uh, especially since the title of the book is uh, Nutritional Destruction of Black People. Uh, African and black, I suspect, are synonymous for him. That's the way it's seeming like. But absolutely, uh, we are not eating the same thing. And that should be, you know, spelled out explicitly uh, because, yeah, that's <clears throat> enormous difference. Uh we hit everybody, I think, who has a hand up. Is anybody that has a hand up that we haven't heard from at all that I missed? Anybody? Uh, yes, can, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Sorry. Hey. Oh, no, no problem. Good. Well, I was on the other line. Um, I wanted to bring up that um, iron situation because that seems to be a big deal with, um, oh, man, I must say, white. Um, uh, like the young lady said, Dr. Jewel Pukram, I was listening to one of her seminars. And she mentioned the document. Um, if I'm getting the title right, it's the hemoglobin differences between whites and blacks. Uh, um, what she explained is that when they determine for, I guess, like uh, for us to have, but their iron levels are normally higher than ours. So when they test us for our iron, they're basing it on their standard. And they're considering us to be um, – they consider us to have low iron. When they do this, they prescribe us, uh, I guess, like iron pills and uh, and stuff like that, especially to pregnant women. And this is what, um, and I guess the reason why it's such a big deal is because it causes heavy metal toxicity in our blood. And it's a, a lot of underlying issues that come along with heavy metal poisoning and that type of stuff. Um, and when I found out about this document, I just start Googling anything, the, the glucose differences between whites and blacks. Um, uh, uh, anything that had to do with my lab work, I looked at each one of them, and all our blood is significantly different than theirs. Um, but they base their um, medical decisions when they come to us on their standard, and I think that has a lot to do with um, making us sick. Um, I will forward that seminar over to you, 
and a link to the document that she made reference to. Um, this is something that I read a while ago when it comes to melanin, and I didn't save the document. Back then, I really wasn't saving a lot of stuff. Um, from what I read in this document on melanin is that there's they have two types, one called natural melanin and one called artificial melanin. The artificial melanin is melanin that they that they made up, that they designed, that mimics what natural melanin does. Now, they really don't have a title or a name for what we have in our skin because every time they try to break it down to get a molecular structure that they can take and own and patent or whatnot, they can't do it. Frozen it, hit it with fire, lasers, sent it into space. I do want no to interject really do, quick. Cannot, I do want to make uh -huh. sure we don't uh, pivot too far from the book. That does happen in the book club regularly, and I do try to let's stay on the book. Let's stay on the book. Uh, tangents, uh -huh. yeah. We can check out that other information. That's great, but let's try to stay on the book. Okay. Um, I want that, but that's it. That's it. Go. I yield the floor. Thanks for letting me talk. Much obliged, much obliged. I will look out for the yeah. information. Uh, our narrator, much obliged. Again, we would not be reading this book today because <coughs> I don't have it. So we would have had to do either pick something else or wait a week. Uh, our narrator, much obliged for the investment of time, energy, your voice. Thank you kindly. Well, Gus, it, it was my pleasure. It, as, as I was reading the book, um, I was appreciative of how he laid it out how he spoke of um, nutricide, and I saw this nutrition terrorism, like we say um, race soldiers, nutrition um, soldiers, and how he stated very clearly in the beginning of the book that it's intentional. And then, you know, it was hard for me to, you know, just read in a way that wasn't too emotional. When I started seeing, um, seeing for real as I was reading, what that did, to the children and the implications that it would have from a um, DNA effect because um, he did mention that, you know, when you talk about pregnancy and how nutrition, or at least that's what I, that's what I heard from what I was reading, um, how that impacts the unborn child and the mother and, and, and how the lack of nutrients um, impacts development and growth and the ability to function in society is it's diabolical. Um, so it, it made me think very differently about many things, about what I put in my mouth, why I put it in my mouth, how it's affecting my body, um, how, what type of impact it's having on my ability to achieve a, some, a higher level of understanding and consciousness as I navigate this, this earth. And so, um, lastly, I would like to say, as we deal with this pandemic, the thing in the book that, that stuck out to me was the fact that we believe that it's viruses and he said and that it's um, biological things that makes us sick when, in fact, it's just what we ingest, not only from a physical perspective, the food, but he mentioned the food of thought and how that interacts with melanin, and I think that's how we spoke about melanin. So um, I feel that I have to read the chapter probably 15 more times 
because it's so dense and so much um, contained within. I did say lastly before, but I would like to add that he talked about the impact of slavery. And I've seen him speak, and he said, you could see in the U.S. every other culture has, you know, if, if an Asian comes to the U.S., you see Asia, you see Chinatown in many cities throughout the world. Um, if if uh, Italian is here in the U.S., you'll see Italy on their plate. You know, here, because of our history, you don't really see Africa. Even the food that you may see presented to us isn't, in my opinion, truly fundamentally African because of colonialization. And so it, it was just dense, and I appreciate him for writing it. And I think as I continue to read through the book again with a greater level of understanding and talking it over with the, the book club members, um, I'll be more, let's just say, um, enlightened. Right on, right on. Much obliged. Uh, hopefully we'll all be better off uh, as we continue to learn and talk it out, getting through the text. Uh, I am going to hush. Uh, I had notes, uh, but since I messed up the audio at the beginning and then a lot of folks had commentary, we'll just get, get right to the second audio segment. That way we'll have time to chat it up once we get done. So we should be picking up... Uh, my page, this is 39, African Woman Nutricide, Cultural Genocide. That's where we're starting at for the second audio segment. Uh, if you have thoughts, comments that you did not get to share, just make a, a note, and we should have time once the second, <clears throat> second segment concludes. Uh, context of white supremacy, Grandcester, Dr. Layla O. Africa, Nutritional Destruction of Black People, a.k.a. Nutricide, audio segment number two. African Women, Nutricide, Culture, Rural Genocide. African men and women are faced with one reality, and that is to rid African culture of nutritional and cultural genocide. Male sexism against African-American women obviously exploits oppressions, and denies the African woman her human rights. Currently, the African woman is assumed a slave of a slave, African man. Seasoning during slavery caused the mental enslavement of men and women. It needs to be eliminated. A holistic violence requires new words and deeds of behavior from the African man. Reparations for years of African relationships, spiritual, mental, physical, and cultural genocide are necessary yet risky. Risky because a new definition for the African man's mental, spiritual, and social cleansing has not yet been defined. They cannot be defined until the woman-man unity efforts put holistic cleansing in motion, a spiritual disease that causes the African man to act upon himself and upon the African woman with mutilation called infibulation excision, hair relaxes, circumcision, earnings, bleaching cream, nose rings, high heels, and high heels makes African women physical body a sacrifice. Black sexism as female feminism requires the power to have human rights. Human rights and civil rights can only be guaranteed by a group that has control over resources and land. 
there are no individual or relationship rights and freedom without a group to protect the rights and freedoms. The African male and female can only imitate Caucasian relationship problems and assume that it's and assume they are their own problems. It is the same as a slave saying, Massa, we sick. Sexism and feminism and merely former slave individual and relationship methods of coping with confronting racism and slavery trauma in each other and in the relationship. This is a mechanism to divide and conquer. Typically, the relationship is based upon confusion, love. Love is defined by Caucasian as a mysterious feeling, an accidental falling in lust, love, a battle of the sexes, and a heavily confusing thing. Caucasian love used by Africans creates confusion resulting in divorces, adultery, destroyed children, and destroyed culture. All social customs, rituals, ceremonies, dance, music, makeup, artifacts, clothes, monogamy, polygamy, and current Afrocentric values must be disrupted. Lives upset in a new holistic order enacted. The African woman and man's current spirit was not ma'at or mother-bonded. They were not breastfed three to five years. The man was not married to the African woman by the family or the elders' decision process. He was not fed natural foods. He was not trained in the rites of passage. He has been under nutricide. He does not use sexual regeneration. He erratically looks at her buttocks where manure evacuates her cellulite legs and milk feet and breasts and uses Caucasian romance instead of spiritualized unity. He demands that women wear makeup and high heels and allow the woman to be abused by PMS as a norm. The African man today cannot behave as he did in the past. The African man must defeat his acts of enslavement of the African woman. Furthermore, the African man must live and act according to a new man-woman order whose Ma'at definition is yet to unfold. The white supremacy of the Caucasian has a total effect upon the African man-woman relationship. The relationship is not normal because it is under Caucasian siege with psych social battlefield conditions conditions the african man suffers from the side effects of racism and nutricide which impacts the african woman with enslavement he lives in a culture that alienates him and his mates from adulthood in turn he alienates the african woman from her womanhood the african man suffers from the effects of being inferiorized by the Caucasian man. He has withdrawn from the tra traumatic, emotional, mental, and spiritual impact of slavery. In this distortion, the African man suffers from nutricide. The African woman's intellectual and emotional partnership with the African man is to believe to be controlled by the moon instead of my eye. The use of the moon as t a timing device of the galaxy can indicate changes. The moon's sunlight reflection has an impact on water, tides, and menstruation. 
Ironically, the African man's body has 10% more water than the woman does, and the woman has 10% more fat, earth attribute, than the man does. So it would follow that the man's body would respond to the moon with equal, if not greater force than a woman's does. It must also be taken into consideration that the man's body is half female in hormonal and anatomical structure. The role of the woman is equal partner against racism is defined by whites as a sort of slave of a slave. This is based on Caucasian religious beliefs, superstitions, and mainly chauvinism. Historically, it is documented that the African women were soldiers, presidents of countries, supreme court judges, chief of council of elders. Men equally parented and raised children, wore dresses, gowns, makeup, and mutilated their body with earrings. The African man's Caucasian created image is that of being of an irresponsible parent. The John Hopkins Children's Center of Baltimore, Maryland study from 1992 to 1993 of married, separated, and single parents indicated that over 74% of African fathers were attentive in parenting and during pregnancy. The paternal instinct is media controlled and depressed in today's African man. His his attributes of being a gentleman or having a female principle are depressed. It is part of his depressed female principle that allows the African woman nutritional exploitation to go unchecked. Nutricidal diseases are added to her oppression. Africans are forced to be poor under Caucasian domination, which makes all disease rates the highest. Diseases decrease the quantity and the quality of life. Diseases in African Americans are caused by Caucasian social and environmental factors. The Department of Health and Human Services Task Force on Black Health reported this information from its research. The effects of nutricide are brutal assaults against the African woman. The disease of premenstrual syndrome, PMS, is being used as a Caucasian weapon to distort the woman-man relationship. PMS causes at least 15 days each month to be emotionally and intellectually hostile for men as well as women. This hostility can result in arguments, negative feelings, divorces, fights, crimes, and promiscuous sexual behavior and child abuse. PMS goes untreated because it is chauvinistically defined as normal. The Caucasian junk food diet creates PMS because it does not have vital nutrition. The body and mind react to being nutritionally starved to death with PMS or fibroid tumors. For example, the junk food diet is low in viboflavin, which affects memory, low in beta-carotene, which decreases cognitive skill, low in manganese, which results in low penile, pituitary, and thyroid functions. Low manganese decreases the mother's instinct and is related to diabetes, high blood pressure, hypoglycemia, epileptic seizures, and 
myasthenia gravis. While low dietary potassium is related to hypoglycemia, high blood pressure, heart problems, low selenium is related to sudden infant crack death, low copper is related to postpartum depression and hyperactivity. Low manganese is also related to irritability, muscle tremors, depression, and low van <laughs> vandium, vandium is related to decreased birth rates and high death rates. These are just some of the nutrients lacking in an African woman's diet when she gets Caucasian junk foods and cooked foods. This diet causes the African woman to be weak and not fully nutritionally in control of her life and health. African women are not tested for nutrient deficiencies. If tested, it is by normal standards of Caucasian women. These Caucasian standards for normal indicate a subclinical form of malnutrition in African women because Africans have a higher mineral level, lower protein level, and higher vitamin D level related to melanin and metabolism of ultraviolet rays and starches. When an African's health is reduced to a low Caucasian nutrient state, the Caucasian science read it as normal. No ethno-medical steps are taken to improve African health using African nutrition nutrient levels as the standard. Instead, they wait until the levels fall, Africanicity low, and is viewed simply as normal for Caucasians. In other words, the African woman is twice as sick as the Caucasian woman is. Therefore, the African woman's PMS and other disease states, disease reaction and recovery is twice as horrible. Added to this, the nutricide continues and multiplies in disease behind, beyond the scope of Caucasian. A natural foods and raw foods diet could stop the diseases of premature birth, birth defects, spontaneous abortions, menstruation, difficulties, and holistic disease attacks on women's bodies. Nutrition Against Disease by Roger Williams reviews these project process, problems. Aside from these nutricidal diseases, eclampsia is a disease of poor nutrition which strikes the poor severely. Africans are forced to be poor and undernourished under Caucasian dominance. This makes all disease rates the highest. Eclampsia is a toxic convulsive condition of late pregnancy. Hypertension is usually a contributing factor and statistically higher in African Americans. That suffer from hypertension. The women with Enclampsia will have swollen feet and legs, spots before their eyes, severe headaches and dizziness, which, if untreated, leads to a coma or death. There are mild enclampsia, just as any disease. There are various degrees of torture. Eclamptic behavior can be present and unnoticed. The American Medical Association has offered no cure for enclampsia, or the common cold for that matter. African women fall prey 
to all of the Caucasian women's diseases by eating what Caucasians eat. The white male supremacist medical profession does not acknowledge melanin. They do not consider white racism, biochemical differences, or the fact that women exhibit disease symptoms differently from men. They do not evaluate the nutritional factors of disease. Nutricide of the African woman starts early. A life of disease is believed to be normal. The Caucasian anti-melanin diet causes hormonal imbalances in African women. Hormone imbalances causes cholesterol to accumulate. For example, high cholesterol and low bile acid in the liver's gallbladder can cause gallstones. The gallbladder holds about two cups of bile. However, the junk food diet exhausts the liver, penile, pituitary, thyroid, pancreas, and sex glands. The liver is not able to emulsify fat or get rid of excess estrogen. Thus, cholesterol is not emulsified and it sticks together and forms stones. Women are at a higher risk for stones because of estrogen imbalances can increase the cholesterol. Other waste accumulates in the body causes arteriosclerosis, varicose veins, and atherosclerosis. The arteries get blocked or clogged, and in the case of varicose veins, the legs cramp and become painful. This varicose condition is inside the body as well. In any case, clogged the block vessels give Caucasian medicine a chance to profit from nutricidal diseases that they have created. Coronary artery bypass surgery is used to replace constipated blocked or clogged vessels. Coronary bypasses replaces two to three inches of vessel while leaving the other 99% of the artery clogged with liquid manure called plaque. In other cases, long pig veins or plastic veins are surgically used to re replace clogged veins, which eventually get clogged from the junk diet. The University of California Medical School has increased nutrition, lowered fat and cholesterol, and removed 70% of the plaque from clogged vessels by diet. However, hospitals and diets, I mean, and doctors operate a business and are paid over five fifty thousand dollars per operation. The medical review board cannot prove that the operation is medically feasible. After the bypass, the patient develops plaque in the new arteries within five years. Nutricide causes the disease. Mutilization of the woman's body for beauty reasons or ungodly reasons is not only physically destructive, but has mental and historical aspects as well. The mutilization of the body can be subtle such as earrings, circumcisions, or verbs such as during slavery, African tongues was, were cut out, removed. Tongues were removed to prevent Africans who spoke the same language from communicating. Front teeth were knocked out with hammers so that the Africans who protested slavery by starvation protest could be force-fed. Furthermore, Caucasians would remove amputate feet, legs, hands, arms, lips, ears, and other body parts 
or cut open a pregnant woman's stomach and cut up the unborn child as punishment for attempting to run away, talk back, fight, and any way demand human rights. Slaves that attempted to hit white people would be mutilated, whipped in the face until the flesh hung from the face. Caucasians started scalping the heads of Africans to serve as evidence that a slave was murdered. Scalping was believed to disconnect the silver cord, which is the penile gland, electromagnetic connection with the higher force God. Scalping mutilations are not an American Indian native custom, but a Caucasian custom which natives used in retaliation against the Caucasian scalpers. Scalping is connected to Caucasian cannibalism ceremonies. And incidentally, mild forms of cannibalism are practiced when Caucasians give their children candy lips to eat or human-shaped vitamins to eat Flintstone vitamins. It is demonstrated that they are still attached to the Ice Age mentality. Violence, self-hatred, cannibalism, and a melanin-deficient dysfunctional mind. A melanin-dominant African who has been breastfed, bonded, and raised on natural food diet, has a nutritionally nourished penile gland and has a chance to be holistic. The penile gland's melanin acts as a coordinator, clock, interpreter, receiver, and transmitter and storage center of holistic information. It is not the primary clock in the body. Clockwise cycles of cells, enzymes, organs, blood, mineral, smell, taste, sight, vitamins, pressure, organ systems tend to be independent of the rest, exercise, darkness, light, and nutrition. The above factors can influence rhythmic cycles and do so electromagnetically and have female and male attributes. The female and male attributes can stop the mutilations. Mutilations. Africans who still mutilate the African woman are totally unholistic, as well as those who give bloodletting and animal sacrifices spiritual significance. The woman's vaginal lips and clitoris are removed. A spiritual ceremony is used to justify the cannibalistic behavior. Excisions or removing of the clitoris and infibulation. The removing of the vaginal lips, which leaves the uterus exposed, is drawn and was drawn among the Dagon, Mandingos, Tukaloa, etc. This practice is performed today in hospitals such as Gabriel Torre Hospital, Bamako, Mali, and is still performed in Niger, Somalia, Egypt, Yemen, Jordan, Benin, southern Algeria. Syria, Iraq, Ethiopia, Saudi Arabia, Sudan, Senegal, Guinea, Burkina Faso, Upper Volta, Ivory Coast, etc. Mutilization is a physical act that is first created in the mind and spirit. In other words, it is a crude symbolic representation of a need to damage God's creation in order to appease damage within. If the mutilization was just, and it never is, a man would remove his own foreskin completely and his scrotum, exposing the testicles. 
because of the need to satisfy self-hatred and betrayal within him. But instead, the man uses the woman body to mirror his own misadventures in spirit and mind. A holistic cleansing ritual for the mind and mind, the man and child in harmony with woman-child bonding could resolve this age-old excision and infibulation. This could help restore the African woman back to her drone of goddess and shiro, i.e. female hero. African women were praised as the most holistically beautiful women in the entire world. Great African women such as Queen Haspot, Nefertiti, Tai, the Egyptian 18th dynasty, Queen Candace of Ethiopia, and Queen Katabla, 16th century Queen Zinga, who in Zinga, who defeated the Portuguese 18th century Queen Ayora Poku, leader of the Bale of the Ivory Coast, Queen Zenobia, Queen Ningo Kedi, Pingai, <laughs> the Gidi of Cuba Kingdom, and Queens who ruled Kush for 600 years. These are numerous unsung contemporary queens such as Harriet Tubman or Mary Sacole, the real Florence Nightingale. Charlotte Ray, the first African-American lawyer in 1872. Rebecca Lee, medical doctor, 1865. First African-American woman doctor in Pigsfoot. Mary Lillian Harris, 1901. First African-American woman to accumulate a large fortune, etc. The Caucasian man, woman, and homosexuals have a great fear of African women's of the African woman's superiority, so they inferiorize her. Ironically, Caucasians at the same time are imitating her by making their limp fur, so-called hair kinky, curly, wearing brassiers, wearing buttock pads, wearing Egyptian African clothes to sleep in, nightgowns, using cosmetics to darken skin, eyes, and lips, using earrings, doing lip enlargement operations, wearing girdles to imitate Africoid hip development, suntan and buying sex men used to imitate Africans trying to dance like African women, and attempting to have a Africoid rhythmic walk, so-called switching. The African woman is represented by ancient paintings and statues of black Madonna Isis, which are found in countries such as Italy, Germany, Poland, France, Spain, Guatemala, Greece, etc. The mutilation of the African woman's beauty with her with hair relaxers, bleaching cream, high heels, nutricide, hospitals, and drugs is profound. Mutila- mutilization not only maims and cripples, it deprives women of essential part of holistic life as bonding and sexual regeneration. Sexual regeneration is also the nutrient reabsorption of ejaculatory fluids by the lymphatic tissue. Some of these nutrients are selenium, methanone, methanine, glycogen, phosphorus, zinc, lactic acid, lechin, calcium, choline, histidine, vitamin C and E, trace minerals, melanin, hormones, electromagnetic energy, etc. The nutrients are not ejaculated out of the body of the woman or the man. Instead, these nutrients are ejaculated and recycled. 
and serve to fertilize the pineal gland and melanin centers of the brain. Chakras, melanin centers of the body and the cells within the body. The brain has high amounts of the same nutrients as the seminal fluid. Consequently, ejaculation excites and enhances the brain. Excessive ejaculatory sex non-genitive causes an excessive loss of vital, vital nutrients, which degenerates health, immunity, and melanin centers while depleting nerve reception, storage, and transmission. This causes mood swings, outbursts, and violence, unstable personalities, and memory storage difficulty. The sudden climatic ejaculation of vital nutrients causes shaking, a climax of tension, Tension release and fatigued relaxation erroneously called an orgasm. The mucus linings of the woman's uterus absorbs the nutrients in the ejaculated seminal fluid. These fluids can be found present in the woman's blood an hour or more after sexual intercourse. The sex glands ejaculated releases the nutrient fluids can be caused by sexual spiritualization. trance or physical sexual excitation excitation normal ejaculated internal secretions excite the cerebral fluid filled ventricles of the brain and the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system a highly acidic diet junk food drugs cooked foods excessive ejaculation and sexual excitation Movies, dance, video games, and music weakens the vital trace minerals, electromagnetism, and anchor force supply. This perverts the body biochemical balance. Furthermore, this can cause the children to be born with deficit nutrient biochemistry, have a predisposition for drugs, junk food, white culture, and an inadequate melanin supply. Bond and reinforce the creator within the woman, child, and man. It also reinforces the bond of marriage to a mate, nature, God, ancestors, and aphronicity. Bonding also cultivates and helps to develop holistic languages, verbal, spiritual, mathematics, astrological, dance, etc. with God, nature, the Godhead, and is basically part of the melanin rites of passage. Melanin rites of passage are growth cycles in which melanin is holistically recharged. The melanin rites of passage help the African child to very easily understand melanin or Caucasian so-called science. The only science is the science of melanin. The living action of melanin is the cells of humans, animals, and plants. It's called biology. It must be noted that the nucleus of each cell is made of melanin and particles of melanin called electrons, protons, neutrons, and photons. They are melanin particles, families that orbit the mother-father nucleus. The interaction of melanin and other forms of melanin, inorganic and organic, is called chemistry. The measurement of melanin, such as distance, time, cycles, and cluster cloud particles, are called aerodynamics, radar, clairvoyance, astrology, chakras, extrasensory, perception, spirituality, etc. Again, the only science is the science of melanin. Melanin is truly a holistic science concentrate that harmonizes the body. Melanin should be utilized to recharge the regenerative cycle of sexual intercourse. 
Regeneration requires that the sexual intercourse is stopped just before orgasm and the energy is recycled to the penile gland, ejaculation. In regeneration, no sperm is ejaculated. It is ejaculated. The orgasm energy is sent to the penile gland in order to regenerate. The gonads, testicles, ovaries, penile, and other glands harmoniously stimulate each other. In bonding, pituitary, mammalian, and penile glands synergistically rekindle each other, which increases biochemistry. The electromagnetic life force, the transmeditation, is a melanin-driven event, which utilizes the third-eye electromagnetic cloud that vibrates above the penile gland and sends holistic energy throughout all of the ventricles, holy waters. This melanin rite of passage is another necessary ingredient in shaping African woman, child, and man. The Caucasian melanin albinos mention none of the melanin cycle since it is not important in their life. In fact, the issue of melanin cycles is overlooked, but melanin-dominated Africans can see the importance of it by looking at their black melanated skin. Caucasians have destroyed the melanin bond between mother-child, man-woman, man-child, and are forcing self-centered competitive conflict and non-family-centered relationships. This does not allow melanin to be utilized in the spirit, mind, psychic nutrient absorption, higher consciousness, and immune defense. It makes nutricide more effective. African men who in many ways in any way contribute to the mutilation of the African woman cannot be called anything but disease by white supremacy. It is not something an African man or woman addicted to mutilization can singly solve. Solutions and thinking are holistic to African people and are not a single individual idea solution, but family and community group process. The Caucasian white races uses a thought thinking process and has the ability to memorize ideas in a step-by-step -step manner process. Caucasian's non-melanated thinking is linear and adds one word to another word to make an idea. In other words, Caucasians do not conceptually spiritualize thought like an African, but merely follow thought order, which they call thinking. To think, you have to be creative. Creativity is a cyclic melanin force and motion. In order to be creative, one has to allow the creator God to enter the mind. Thinking is a spiritual process. It is not in the body. It is not of the body. It is not an activity done solely in the brain. It, is, it utilizes the brain's ventricles, holy waters, melanin centers in the brain and body chakras, and is rhythmic. Caucasians are not utilizing the spirit to think, so rhythm is not a part of thought for them. African women should not be forced to mutilate, deprive themselves of bonding, disfigure body parts, clitoris, labia, or cut out holes in the skin or any other ungodly activity in order to please a diseased social custom. In a cosmetic effort to appear healthy, the African woman tries to stay slim. Staying slim on a Caucasian junk food diet is contradictory to health and can result in undernutrition. The junk food diet is a very poor nutritionally and at the same time fattening. 
junk food puts the woman in a weight gain and then weight loss and then weight gain cycle. It is truly designed to keep the weight loss industry rich while mentally and emotionally assassinating the woman. Additionally, it weakens immunity and melanin and gives the cosmetic appearance of health. Nutricide and cultural genocide holistically attack every child, woman, and man. Additionally, African marriages are attacked and restrained. Consequently, marriage is forced to be under a new holistic definition. Whether that marriage is monogamous or extended family type called polygamous is inconsequential. Most African marriages are diseased. This results in diseases of African women by holistic spiritual definitions. Whether the African man's spirit caught this enslavement attitude of the African woman from Caucasians or whether the African woman caught herself mutilation, earrings, nose rings, high heels, PMS, fibroid tumors from Caucasians or granting this illness religious approval or karmetic approval still results in destroying the African child and family. African marriages that place romantic love, which is self-centered above African family-centered ma'at units, are diseased. America's gift to the world is human relationship based on ma'at. African women, woman, man, must give the humanistic spiritual gift to each other in order to cleanse the emotional trauma of enslavement. Despite the obstacles of this cleansing, nothing could take place without a holistically healthy body. If you are dead due to nutricide, you have no chance of being spiritually enlightened. Afrocentrically focused and culturally aware of having a family-centered life, you must have a living body to participate in life. If you are on a Caucasian diet, you will be part of the white racism, white supremacy disease, and not a part of the Afrinity. Africanity. I can't say that. Africanity. Liberation of the African woman is a family effort, not a single-minded effort of African women and men. The purpose of marriage in any relationship between African people is to serve my eye. Page 52 in the reading. Context of White Supremacy end of the second audio segment so we'll pick up there next week I was going to read the rest of this book which I will still do totally totally however having read as much of this book as I have man woo! I'm not going to say this would be in the running for worst book but man if I have to sit through this and read it you are going to hear a grumpy Gus T by the time we get to June if I have to read this book. So if anybody else would like to read, grand. I'm probably still going to be grumpy if I have to listen to this and this Negro this and all the rest of it by the time we get to, I don't know how long this book is, but I mean, it could be June by the time we finish. Like, we could be back outside, no corona, like, woo! So, in the interest of minimizing Gus T's anti-blackness, 
if somebody else would like to take over and read that would probably keep Gusty from having to make comments about this book and how he is not enjoying it that would be helpful if I have to read it will probably be much worse because then I will be reading it twice I have even yeah it'll probably be much worse if I have to read it twice because uh, I don't have to narrate and then listen again for that so yes if anybody else would like to read grant the number is 605 313-5164 the code 564-943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate folks who have comments to share I don't think I have anything I could say I took notes I could say a lot but I don't think I'm going to say anything so I'll just yield uh, all my time so you all can uh, share if anybody has any idea at all if you could break it down and explain it to me like I'm five what Africanity is that would be grand break it down to me like I'm five folks who have can I be heard yes sir yes sir uh, I can uh, try to make an attempt uh, because I have been hearing uh, similar, uh, similar uh, verbiage uh, in the uh, in the book, and what it reminds me of is the popularity of quote unquote Afrocentricity, whatever that means, uh, that uh, prevailed a lot in this part of the world uh, in the. Uh, the 1980s and uh, a portion of the 1990s, uh, it it prevailed. I think I think what kind of uh, uh, not I wouldn't say ended, but but uh, it phased out <laughs> primarily uh, by younger non-white black people in this part of the world. And uh, from the advent of uh, white people allowing, quote unquote, the non-white people who are called Africans to come to this part of the world. <laughs> and uh, there has not been a a uh, a uh, all in all uh, relationship, constructive one between the two. Uh, but I've been picking up some things also that's kind of like similar to what you're talking about in the book. Uh, the first thing I have here is the description of African man, African woman. It's not an African, not an accurate identification under the global system of racial white supremacy. Uh, but then again, well, like I said before, I heard that term a whole lot. I may have even used it myself uh, during that time. That, like I said, back in the 80s, primarily, you know, wearing African uh, outfits and so on and so forth. Uh, I have here also retaining the, the traditions of, quote-unquote, African male, and I put it in the term of a question, retaining the traditions of African male, African female interaction, is that logical? In other words, we're on the global system of racist white supremacy, so whatever he was describing as some sort of tradition, 
because he keeps he, he keeps going back to it uh, of African of African men, quote unquote, and women, uh, whatever that was. Apparently, the system of racist white supremacy overcame it. So I wouldn't. It wouldn't be logical to to uh, in the advent of countering the system of racist white supremacy that you uh, embark back to something that uh, did not uh, stand uh, the uh, the invasion of the system of racist white supremacy. Uh, his scientific analysis of junk food and nutritious food, it does sound ac- accurate. When he goes into the whole idea about food, uh, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And, it, and not from the standpoint, because I, I don't, I don't, I really didn't know the, uh, the, uh, the, the author, but, uh, uh, it sounds like he, he's, he's making some sense. When he when he gets to the point of the science with uh, food and in uh, in in some cases behavior that he makes some sense. Uh, I have here notice of the constant identity of all non-white people being crest being compressed into the identity of African man African woman. That's what I that's what I'm assuming he has been doing. And mind you, you know the 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 majority population of the world are made up of non-white people. Period, and all of them uh, are not uh, are not necessarily identified, you know, uh, as quote unquote African. But once again, that that was a popular uh, identification. Uh, back in the uh, the 1980s, it was a very popular identification. Uh, I have here, however, uh, uh, here, however, hearing more and more people making a description. Oh, but but I I I, I do understand uh, as of today from my from my paying attention that I, I do hear more and more. Of people uh, uh, speaking on a more accurate basis of description, I do hear more and more. Other than myself, uh, people who participate in the cows, Mr. Fuller and uh, Dr. Wellesley, speak more and more on in in in, in identifying uh, under the system of racist white supremacy, white non-white and white supremacists. I do, I do that here. I do hear that a lot more over the course of, of, uh, me doing some paying attention, uh, over the past 20, 30 years. I, I've been hearing it more and more. Uh, it, it, I have here, it is, it, it's, well, that's it. That's it. I, I'll stop there. Let somebody else go in. Thank you. Gus T. messed up a whole lot of things on this program. The timing messed up my audio. So if everybody could take about five minutes, I think we'll probably still go over, but it's fine. Because we started, I think, like a hair late, too. But if everybody take about five minutes, we'll get everybody who dialed in, make sure they get their comments uh, on the text, and I'll do a better job with the timing for next week. Uh, everybody, if there's anybody that we missed totally, like if you didn't get to talk at all the first time, then you should definitely speak up so that we don't um, 
miss you totally. Uh, but if you have a hand up and you have comments to share, proceed. Can I be heard? Uh, your volume is a little low again, Thomas, in New York. If you can, you know, do the same thing, volume up or. Yes. Can you hear me better now? Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Um, and did he have any references for um, video games lowering the electromagnetic field of the body? I will look. Well, there's no patents and things like that. There are no uh, oh. footnotes for this book, but oh, okay. uh, yes, I will look back up to see if there are is a book mentioned for that information, but there are no footnotes. Oh, okay. Cause, yeah, I wanted to know a reference for that. I was looking for a reference on um, the ejaculation. You know, I, that, was, that was an interesting concept. Uh, I never heard it, you know, scientific, you know, before. Um, um. Now, this is how the verbiage gets confusing. One part, he talked about 75% of African men. And it's like, well, is he talking about Africans here or Africans in Africa? You know, like, um, black men and African men treat their women totally differently and view beauty differently, I think, um, you know, that was kind of, like, messed together. I don't think that I was scared. This, I don't see black American women's skin bleaching, and I don't see um, um, African women getting butt injections. Like, I just don't see the, the correlation. It's just they both do um, bad things, but it's very different. And I would say that um, we talk about African women um, in junk food, you know, once again, it's like I would say women here have access to, are promoted, and therefore eat a lot more junk food than African women, especially on what we see on television where a meal is very hard to come by. Um, I'm out there eating wise potato chips and uh, drink cakes, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just this, you know, but I get, I'm kind of getting into the, you know, that's his terminology. It's just, you know, sometimes, at some points, at the at the end of the reading on this, he started, he started saying African Americans, which it's kind of, you know, giving, pinpointing that, you know, African word down, I think. Um, and I'm going to want to think of Much obliged, Thomas, in New York. You don't think they're scarfing down wise potato chips in Nairobi, huh? Hmm. Uh, other folks? He said he doubted. I doubt it. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Drop the mania. Okay. Well, um, I wanted to make some quick comments. He was talking about um, uh, clitorectomies and um, how they, they they use that in different parts of Africa. And I do, I I believe that that is a, um, I don't, you know, uh, just doing that to women. I think that's just a, a part of um, a ritualistic thing and uh, some parts of religion, but I, I still believe that that is um, abuse to women. Um, a lot of um, through my studies that uh, they do this because they don't want the woman to have an orgasm. So I, I feel that that's um, I don't I don't I don't agree with um, clitorectomy. And they were also talk, he was talking about um, circumcision. And through my research, also um, circumcision can be I know that they can be healthy for men 
that because of the cleanliness aspect, but um, by nature, a man is not really supposed to be um, circumcised. You're supposed to, you know, still have, you know, the foreskin on your um, on the penis. Um, he also spoke about how um, Caucasians um, inferiorize the um, black woman, especially homosexuals, et cetera. And I um, uh, noticed that um, uh, white homosexual men imitate um, black women. I talk. Can I be heard? Can I still be heard? Oh, yes, I hear you. Yes, ma'am. Your volume did okay. go up briefly. Okay. I'm, okay, yeah, because the computer kind of goes in and out. And um, um, I noticed that um, that they act like us. Hello. Yeah, they act like us, and um, uh, this has become like a new. Um, hello. We can hear you. Hello. I hear you. We hear you. Okay, and this has become like the new normal um, white gay behavior. You know, so it's like um, it becomes popular or like um, acting like a black woman is uh, what the normal standard of being a gay white male is. And I also um, uh, noted that um, by when he stated that by eating Caucasian diet, we are participating in white supremacy. And I put that, um, like Gus says, on... Um, on uh, one of the um, one of the best ways for us to fight white supremacy is through our force, and I just think um, you know without the focusing on like his verbiage um, of how he may express what black and uh, what white is, and if you just look at it like maybe from the standpoint seconds. of how maybe you use okay, you use white supremacy and um, white um, racism synonymously and just focus on, like, the um, information about the um, health aspect, and you can get um, a lot of um, uh, constructive information out of the book if we just focus on that. And that's all I had to hear. Share. Much obliged, Straptomania. Uh, other folks who dialed in with a hand up, proceed. Can I be heard? Can I be heard? Heard both of you, uh, Henry in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, right on. Okay. Um, just quick, uh, I, I, I wanted to throw this out there, but he mentioned black sexism. Uh, anybody can clear that up or explain that to me uh, in a simple term, because uh, I heard that in the in the recording. Um, men live in a uh, in a culture that alienates them from adulthood. Uh, he says the same for women. Uh, this is why the uh, black male is not a man, and and we got that from Dr. Curry's book, uh, The Man Not. And um, the, he was talking about the biological differences between men and women and how they react to different things. Now, uh, I thought about a report that I just saw yesterday in regards to more men, you know, outside of more black people, dying from the coronavirus, uh, as far as the uh, gender breakdown, there are more men actually dying from the coronavirus than women. And in the interview, uh, they asked this doctor, what do you think the causes are? And he basically said uh, more men basically smoke and drink than women do. So, you know, I don't know if that's true or not, but it kind of makes sense 
And I know, uh, you know, on this show we don't promote smoking or drinking. So, um, you know, that kind of makes sense uh, if I look at it from from that particular standpoint. Uh, That's all I had on your mind. Other caller who yielded? Thank you, Henry, in Chicago. Uh, yes, um, I really um, I agree with the caller. Um, by the way, uh, Dr. Mania, I just wanted to ask you, after I'm finished, if you could give me information on the other caller. That, uh, sorry, about the other book author. I have one of the, the authors that you spoke about, the um, non-white female, I believe, uh, uh Julia, I forgot her full name, but I, I have some information on her videos. But there was another one you mentioned that I didn't get while I was in, in front of my machine. Um, next, the the other thing I wanted to mention is that he does do a good job of He has some perspectives that are similar to Nelly Fuller, if you actually take a look at it and break it down. And one of them is from page 37, where he says, Africans that have never asked Caucasians to voluntarily pay reparations, might as well ask white people to stop having white skin. And um and I correct myself, it's not really it's not really like Nelly Fuller only said this. Uh the grandfather Dr. Francis Cross Wilson said the same thing in which you can't and I remember her this from one of the shows you had where she said if you stop you can't stop asking a bear to stop being a bear. If you go into the cave, it's going to maul you. So just stay out of the cave. And I thought that was an interesting perspective that he shared there. He shares there. Um, there's another one where he shared where he where he said, um, this is on page 41. He lives in a culture that alienates him and his mate from adulthood. And this is where Nelly Fuller fuller statements about black to not being able to, to reach the stage of manhood. And he, he really hits it on the head in this, in this phrase where he says it. He says, in turn, he alienates the African woman from her womanhood. So it's like a trickling effect almost where because he's not able to be a man he in turn compartmentalizes it in some form or another and puts it on the woman as well, which I think is, is very interesting. Um, another thing, uh, also, I was kind of curious uh, for the for the the women that are on the non-white females that are listen, um, participating. Um, and this was page 43. Uh, wanted wanted their opinion on this. Um, it's tested. It is, it is by normal standards of Caucasian women. These Caucasian standards for normal for normal indicate a biblical form of malnutrition in African women, because Africans have higher mineral level, lower protein level, higher vitamin D. By the way, this is what Doctor uh, Sanayan, uh, sorry. Nathan spoke about yesterday, actually, last night, about the higher levels of vitamin D and related to a uh, melanin metabolism ultraviolet rates. Um, 30 seconds. Sorry. When African health is reduced to low 
um, Caucasian nutrition state, Caucasian science reads it as normal. I was wondering how um, black women feel about this aspect of, of the, the PMS thing that he was speaking about. Um, I'll mute my line. Thank you. Much obliged. Uh, other folks who have not been able to share uh, after the second audio segment, if you have a hand up, proceed. Oh, could I add something? Oh, go ahead, sir. I heard the caller in Canada. Uh, yeah, go ahead, sir. Oh, guys, I just wanted to give him um, the name of the author. Jewel Pukram? Is that, that who he's talking about? Um, it was Jewel Pukram, and then the other one was um, uh, Richard D. King. Grand. Thank you kindly, Draftomania. Uh, go ahead, Vic. Uh, uh, no problem. Thank you. Uh, um, I just wanted to add that. Um, I'm just going blank here today. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I totally forgot what I was going to say. It'll probably uh, come back to you before we go off. Was there anybody else who had commentary? Oh, did we get everybody? Spectacular. Uh, let's see. Well, I'll share a, a few, and then I'll give our caller in Canada one more chance to see if he remembered. Um, I have to think. Like, uh, what did we read? Uh, France Fanon, Wretched of the Earth, formerly worst book uh, that I've ever read. Let's see. That one. Black love is a revolutionary act. I think there are about two books. I was thinking that there's another, but those are the only ones that I can think of. I was like, wow, I would like it if we could just pick another book. Like, man, I'd be on. Let's pick another book. Like, even the uh, white skin comment. What I thought when I heard that, nobody in the known universe has skin that is white individuals classified as white words are important I feel like I've said that a whole lot in this book the major thing it's a whole lot of things I could say about wow I, let's pick another book and this has happened twice where we had to pick a book or we didn't have to but we picked a book it was someone who just passed away like the circumstances and it was a book that I hated like man to have this happen twice like woo. We have to do a much better job in the future. If someone passes away, we cannot read their book immediately. We'll have to wait like a while. Maybe not at all because uh, it's happened twice. Uh, it's a whole lot of things that I could pick out about. Like, wow, I would have picked another book. The main one, we're picked. The only reason, the only reason, the only reason we picked this book is nutrition is important. Diet is important. I hate, and matter of fact, I can't even say I hate. I, I've never even uttered this before. This is the only time this has happened where I got a book that was supposed to be about diet. We are talking about white gay people and female genital mutilation on the continent, which I do not support. But I mean, wow, we went from talking about like junk food is bad, diet is bad to the number of places where they do female genital mutilation like what are we talking about like 
man, let's be focused. Like, if we're going to just be talking about things all tangents, I bring that up in the book club all the time. I hate that. If we're supposed to be talking about this book, we are not just because the word moon was mentioned. Now we're deviating and talking about lunar travel and all that. What is the book that we're reading about? Focus is very important, especially for writing, and I'd say especially for nutrition. Like, nutrition books that I have read that I liked, they are focused. You can certainly have opinions and all those other things are important. We talk about homosexuality. We talk about a lot of the other things that he mentioned uh, in the text, male-female relationships and all of that. But, man, if we're supposed to be focused on diet, let's be focused on diet. Not all this. If you want to talk about all this, stuff, you can write other books. He's written other books. Like, man, like it is so difficult to even just follow the like. There's a whole lot of things uh, I could say about this. Like, wow, the name calling like, whoo, I would be on. Let's pick another book. Like, I'm not going to enjoy this at all. Uh, if somebody else would like to read, that's great. But I can only tell you. Next week, uh, the timing will be accurate, so we stay on this. If I have to read, it's going to be, let's hear Gus T. Uh, talk about how he does not like Nutricide for the next six weeks. That's what it would end up being. So to minimize that, please, if somebody wants to read this, that would be great. I will try to behave and make sure that I don't just have to come on and rant uh, about this book. Uh, a big part of it is I like things to be when we read Things should follow a logical order. That makes it easy to read, easy to follow. A lot of people already have difficult time with this type of information. They don't have time to read. You start out reading a book on nutrition, and now we're off in Dogon history. And What? What? I don't even have, like I said, I have read other books on nutrition. That came up yesterday with Dr. Lathan. There is no book on nutrition that I've read that, does this sort of deviation where we're often talking about all these other things and <sighs> anyway there are many other things that I could say about the book that I did not enjoy for this week we'll see how it goes continue like I said the name calling the name calling that alone would be enough to to bother me uh, continuing for weeks on end of name calling black people anyway uh, we will be back next week, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. In fact, I think we're going to have to pick another, like, nutrition book. Like, when we get done with this one, like, to compensate, like, better nutrition. I was going to read Tracy Lynn McQuarter's. That was my thinking before all the COVID stuff. It was, we should read Tracy Lynn McQuarter because that's got recipes in it. And she's been on the program. It's constructive. It's focused. It's not hopping all over the place. She does her spiel about racism at the beginning. And then, bam, takes you on the nutrition. Easy to follow. Coherent. I love it. Anyway, uh, we'll be here next week. If anybody would like to uh, take over the narration, that's great. If not, no problem. I'll read. It just means you're going to hear salty Gus T for the next till June, probably, especially if we have to stay in the house for the whole time. Like, whoo, man, oh man. Anyway, uh, much obliged for the folks. Gus, the other book that you were. We are uh, all that done. You We're didn't all like, done. That We're you all made done. It. We're all done. We're all done. <laughs> we're all done. Okay. Another day. Thank you kindly. <laughs> we're all done. Yeah, we're all done. Thank you kindly. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific, uh, neutralizing workplace racism. Uh, we will see how everyone is adjusting with the work situation. We'll be here Saturday for the compensatory call in, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I think. 
there's a possibility we will be here on Sunday I'm still having to work out scheduling as I said we're looking to broadcast a little more frequently since you know folks are stuck at home I'm stuck at home um, to be active uh, during this time and hopefully uh, constructive logical uh, if anybody wants to uh, write in particularly if you can explain Africanity what that means and break it down to me like I'm five uh, in a logical sense that'd be great too uh, with that, man, say it again. That was one thing. Sobriety would be best, but you know, <laughs> say that all the time. Sobriety would be best uh, under conditions of white supremacy. Woo! Preserve your brain, computer. Preserve your health as best you can. Uh, in addition to being sober, let's be buckled every time we are in the vehicle. Probably not driving as much now, but when you are, you are buckled and strategic when you go out. Uh, with that, oh. And certainly if you're driving, you are not on the cell phone. Again, don't want to give any easy excuses for us to be terrorized. With that, Creator, we ask, help us remain patient with other victims of white supremacy. No name calling. I know it's real tempting. Right? Victims of racism can get on your nerves. Man, can they get on your nerves. But please, Mr. Fuller, top 10 or his uh, 10 stops, Dr. Welsing endorsed no name calling that's not going to help us solve a single problem calling another black person any name you can think of it's not going to end the Chinese virus it's not going to get us ventilators it's not going to help us lose any weight nothing remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately cow signing out thanks all for tuning in nigga you so brainwashed i'm a victim brother no problem. You're a victim uh, i'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning shut up the man has programmed my conditioning mm -hmm. even my conditioning has been conditioned uh.